The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. It's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. And then he's found with a dead of Kill Bond, now. To the right, to the right, to the right. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice trade. <laughs> it is 007, a James Bond podcast coming to you once again for... This episode! Yes, it's that one that we've been talking about where we're here to talk about stuff. Uh, we are here for our final, no, we really mean it this time, No Time to Die episode before it comes out. Asterix for some parts of the world, hashtag not Australia. And also, I guess, go over some rankings, reduxes, and just a random episode. This is the the random No Time to Die. We promise we're not doing another episode of this again until the movie comes out again episode because that's what we're here to do. And it's so weird that we don't have all of our hosts together at once, but we'll get to that in a minute. I don't know what I'm saying. My name is Ben, and fuck you, Australia. Uh, my name is Noah, and thank you, Korea. <laughs> um, and my name is Colin, and I'll be on later on in the episode. Um, he will be, because this is like a weirdness where Noah and I are going to talk now, and then halfway through, we're going to talk to Colin with me, because Noah and Colin hate each other now. So It's like we're six years into this show, it's like... We can no longer all be together on the no. one. There's just too much conflict, too much inner turmoil that yeah. we, you can get two of us, but the likelihood of all three of us there without some sort of scandal or conflict, it's not going to happen. We had a good run this year. We got back together. Like we had a lot of episodes together, but that last, that spectacometry. Yep. No, no, no. It was just so fed up with old men fighting that he was like, <laughs> I can't handle it. Right. I'm not being on. And he knows that I was right and, not, and Colin was wrong. So he stayed with me. And didn't want to be on the episode with Colin, so that's it's like you think my drinking problem was bad. Wait until after the with our last episode; it's just gone all downhill. <laughs> just, Noah's literally speaking it's to like us from rehab, Mister White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a cabin in Norway. Liver's not too <laughs> good. With myself, definitely Noah's end. Um, but I guess our, look, our initial plan was when we did. I think it was like episode eighty nine. It was still waiting for no time to die. We said in that episode. No more episodes of No Time to Die. This is it. There's none. We're going to wait. It's around the corner. And at that point, we're all meant to get it at the end of September. We're all pumped. We're excited. <laughs> then a couple of people in Australia just got, had to go and fucking ruin it for everyone. And a couple of states, really, just happen to be the two most populous fucking states, New South Wales and Victoria. Ruin it for everyone. So they say, no, Australia's going to get delayed again. You're not getting No Time to Die until the middle of November. So... Thanks, truck delivery drivers and whoever the fuck did it in New South. Gladys, you stupid kangaroo bum. So basically we thought this is going to be our last opportunity for all three of us to be able to talk about this because I have to basically go spoiler-free for six weeks and wait while you two can come back in about a week and talk about it. And we were also meant to all have re-watched the movies and come together and go, oh, have our rankings changed? Now, two of us did that. 
one of us, <laughs> you'll hear from later on his reasons why. Oh, I've got children. I've got a job. I've got a wife. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> um, him and said wife didn't get through it in time. So hence the jumbled episode. So bear with so us. So what you're basically saying is uh, everybody messed up their job except for me because I'm seeing it next week and I watched all the movies. So exactly. keep up. Well, at the time of releasing this, you're seeing this in like a day. Um, you know, the time of recording this, you're only a few days away. But yeah, basically, we actually, and did we not think that you were going to be the one to miss out on it initially? Because I didn't think Korea had a release date. So originally, it was, I think, Australia got it September 30, Canada got it like October 8, and you were like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to get it now. You're getting it like September 29. Uh, <laughs> Colin's getting it like October 8, and I'm getting it like November 11th. So um, you guys underestimate me, but. <laughs> I, I disappeared for about two years, and I'm just going to say I'm basically carrying this show through No Time to Die. I've you really are carrying this show. You are. Ranking and like, oh, this is like a glorious comeback for me. It's like <laughs> you, you two are just getting a little haggard and like dying off and doing whatever, and here I am, and I'm about to, about to <laughs> carry us through. Uh, it's just you, you almost can't. Like, I want to joke about it, but I actually just feel really depressed for you because you you can't make this shit up. It got delayed in 2018 because of the director. It got delayed once because of COVID. It got delayed twice because of COVID. Didn't it get delayed three times? You literally can't make this up. Literally a month away from release. I'm, like, looking on the internet to see, well, when am I getting it? I'm, like, looking, I'm, like... Uh, Sweden, blah, 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 England, Thailand, October 8th. Uh, why is Australia November 11th? All the and way I didn't at the believe you. I hadn't seen it at that point. You told me and I did not believe you. And that had been like, that was like two weeks old. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it is frustrating. It got delayed again. It's, it is like, as you said, like delay, delay, delay. And I mean, I think we've told this story before that, to me, when coronavirus became a thing was when they delayed it for the first time. Because that was like, what, February 2020. So this was even before that sort of week, two-week period in March when the world just went to shit. So it was at that point where I'm like, I'm taking this seriously now. They've delayed Bond. And then, I was in lockdown. And then they, they what, it was November and then it got delayed to like April this year. And then we didn't we get to about March and it was looking so yeah, good this they year. Put a new trailer out, I think, yes. or a new poster or something. Everything was like ramped up and we're like, finally. And then no, nah, we're gonna delay it again. Um and then the the frustrating thing for us Australians is that uh, their, their argument is that 60% of the country is in lockdown. Okay, that's more than 50%. I can understand that. But 60% of those people, are, well, 60% of the country are in two states. There are four other states, two other territories that are eligible to see this damn movie. And it's just, it's it's frustrating. It is so frustrating that they can't just release it and then for Sydney and Melbourne, just be like, oh, well, you can wait a couple of weeks. The rest of Australia can see it. And then I actually legitimately was tempted to fly to New Zealand because they have a travel bubble. And where I am in Hobart, they actually started doing international flights from Hobart to Auckland for like the first time in 20, 30 years. But then they closed the travel bubble. <laughs> so I can't even get a direct flight. New Zealand doesn't get delayed. 
Um, so I can't go anywhere to see this movie. I would have to go to like Brisbane and then get on a plane to like LA and then I'd have to come back to Australia to pay like $3,000 for two weeks quarantine. So if I was a millionaire, I would do this. I would literally get on a plane, go to like the US, Canada, Korea somewhere and then pay all that money so I don't have to wait six weeks. But here I am, six weeks, having to wait for it. So why not talk about it again while you two get to see it like right now? I guess it's like, well, firstly, uh, I should say that, I mean, there are many perks to living in Korea, but this is such a weird twist of fate that I'm going to be one of the first people in the world to see this film outside of premieres. And that that was a twist of fate I was not expecting, that it got pushed forward for me and pushed back for you. So I get it before the, the UK, the US, everyone. Uh, it's literally the first country outside of premieres that's going to get this film. So I'm pretty sure I saw a thing of like, uh, when the reviews are going to come out and somebody gave a date and it was actually after the date that I would have seen this movie. So that is a crazy twist of fate. And I feel very privileged that I'm going to be one of the first ever people to see this film in terms of normie people anyway. Um, <laughs> normie so, people. <laughs> uh, that, that is a great, unfortunately, 007 didn't get any press passes this year for the, the UK premiere, but maybe next time with Idris, uh, he can hook us up. Um, but yeah, I just, so I feel very, uh, happy obviously and honored. And that's exciting that at the time you listen to this, I may have already seen it and even a week before Colin or something like that. Uh, but then on your point, it's just, I get there are all sorts of countries around the world, but James Bond is huge in Australia and that is what a big audience for them. I don't get how they think that Australian audiences are just going to avoid any spoilers or surely it's going to kill the hype. So I agree. Why don't they just release it? And then in November, Melbourne people can surely this is going to actually end up hindering it, not, not helping it. I think, and I don't know if this is true. My, my guess is maybe cause I saw sort of a release the other day on the, the official bond channels that they were saying that, there's going to be like 47 global premieres of it. So maybe it all comes down to they want Daniel Craig to come to Australia and, and like do an appearance. Like maybe, like, I don't know, maybe they've got like a Sydney Opera House premiere because they, they did that for, was it Die Another Day? Well, it was not enough. I remember they did like a big Sydney Opera House premiere for one of the Bond films and Brosnan came and did it because they were always, they were questioning him about like, will Bond ever come to Australia? And I think like the headline the next day was like, oh, Bond tip to come to Australia in the next Brosnan film. I think that was Die Another Day. But um, so maybe it could come down to that. Like literally they've got Craig booked on a press tour of Australia and they want to make sure he can get here. As someone who is more or less trapped and stuck in Asia at the moment, I'll be so pissed off if Daniel Craig shows up in Sydney in two weeks. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't get the memo here. and I went, right, I'm here for the board. What's me cancelled, Daniel? Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> no, I won't be happy if I see Daniel Craig show it's, up there. So. It, it, I mean, it, it, it is like it's, look, they've got their reasons. They, they want to make money, fine. Um, But, like, I mean, the Marvel movies are still coming out and the Marvel movies, let's be honest are probably more big bigger box office draw than james bond films are you know like they've still got these movies that are dropping you and i were talking off air that they would never do this for a star wars movie i mean it's just in a day and age of the internet like 
I'm I'm going to do my absolute darndest to avoid everything. I don't want to know a thing. I don't want to read a review. I don't want to know that this is the most universally acclaimed Bond film. This is the most universally panned Bond film. I don't want to know that, you know, everything. Because, like, it just takes one little headline or one little thing to put something in your mind and you'll just be like, ah! Um, so I've got to do my best. But, like, this is a day and age where, you know, when Game of Thrones was airing, they would have to air it at the same time you know, on Foxtel at like 10 in the morning because they didn't want people downloading it to find it. Like, I'm sure a copy of this will leak online that's probably good enough quality and you or somebody will be like, Ben, well, you, there's a, you can watch it. This is perfect quality. I don't want to. I want to see it on the big screen. I want to go into that experience. I've always said that with Bond. If they dropped it on Amazon Prime or something like that, I would still wait to see it at the movies because this is a an experience, seeing a Bond movie. I don't want my first Bond experience of Bond 25, No Time to Die on a 62-inch flat screen in my living room. No, like, it's it's not the same. So it's frustrating, um, but I'm just a whiny Australian podcast host complaining. There are people dying in the world of coronavirus. You know, it's sad. But I'm halfway through to my fucking vaccine. I got my first shot the other day, so I should be able to see it, damn it. You can see the first half. I can. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got to leave after Uh, the first time. Uh, I actually, yeah. yeah. No, you go. No, please. (laughs) I did. I supported the original because it got delayed. Remember, it got delayed because I am in. Asia, Korea at the moment, obviously it all kicked off in China, but at, at the point it got delayed, I was, it was, shit was going down for me, but it hadn't really hit the Western world yet. So I remember there was sort of people saying, oh, why are they delaying it just for Asia? Blah, blah. Obviously with hindsight, literally a week or two later, the world just went to absolute shit. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was a good move, but even before it hit the West, I did, I did support it as frustrated as I was because that was one thing we were looking forward to. I did support it because, you know, Asia is a huge market for them, China especially, uh, and if half the world's not going to be able to see it. Uh, I was at my house at the time when I read the news, so I'm like, well, I'm happy with this because I don't want everyone else seeing it while I'm trapped at home and they're not showing it in Korea. So. But it's got to that point where, like, the world is definitely not back to normal, but it's – I supported that delay. But at this point, it's – I just wonder, is it – what is the real – I don't know if it's going to actually help them to delay it in Australia. Are people going to want to see it if they get spoiled? And is it actually going to help the box office? Um so I did support the delays that happened originally, but the, you mentioned Amazon Prime. like That was a big discussion that yeah. was had throughout the last two years. I can't believe I'm saying two years of, well, should they just release it at home? And I've always been against that. Like, No, the first time you see a Bond film should always be on the big screen. Uh, so I'm glad they didn't go that route in the end because there was sort of that fear, would they do that? And I've just got a shitty old laptop. I live in a small, more or less studio apartment. I don't want to You're talking about flat screen, blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> I'm watching online Zoom. Uh, so it's like, uh, just, yeah, so I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, but I do feel for the Aussies that can't see that. I can't imagine being in that situation. 
And look, let's be honest. We, you know, I'm I'm re-listening to all our old episodes right now because I have no life. And you know, that one time that I said I'm going to go back and listen to how many times we've played this, and then find out and do a count one day. Um, it it comes to a point where I'm going to listen to this episode one day. Oh, that pathetic time in our lives when we were worried about waiting an extra six weeks and it turned out to be the shittest Bond film ever. I wish I could never have seen it, you know. <laughs> like, makes Moonraker look like um, the world's not enough. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's frustrating. And, look, again, there's worse things to worry about in life. I get it. But at the same time, you're listening to a James Bond podcast there's a reason why you're listening to this, James. You're a fan of James Bond. So if you're not listening in Australia, you can probably understand the frustration. Or if you are listening to us in Australia, you're feeling the frustration because it, well, it, it, well, it's should, just frustrating. You should mention what you mentioned to me off air and you should throw the Aussies under the bus a bit because we are Australia's only running, <laughs> only oh, consistently well, James running. James Bond Down Under, podcast. I think, have a recent, you know, yeah. Are so. they a podcast? I think they do a podcast. I think we've been over this. Oh, download James Bond down under. It's probably better than this. Yeah, I reckon uh, it is. <laughs> Can't be that we hard. are Australians only consistently running. I don't know if there's no time to die, etc. at the moment. But, um, <laughs> but throw the Aussies under the bus because you told me off air, which I found interesting, that you've not really seen too much of an uproar or too much mention of. I guess other pe- people have other things on their mind, especially in Melbourne and Sydney, but. Yeah, That's from interesting what, to me. From what I have seen, I did a bit of a search because I I was frustrated. I'm an Australian James Bond fan and this is frustrating. And when I did a quick search on social media and kind of online, I, I didn't really seem to see much backlash about this. I didn't really seem to see Aussies getting angry about this. And it, it baffled me because, like, imagine if this was in the UK. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, bloody hell, Mildred. I can't stand my James Bond. My bloody Bond! Um, like, I, I couldn't imagine. Like, I just, I haven't seen uproar. And, like, even... Have we just given up? Do we not like, like Bond, buddy? Our beloved au. if you want to call that quote news, their headline was, Bond finally gets release date in Australia. And they just ran with, it's finally been... <laughs> Are you fucking <laughs> stupid? Like, I, like, I, 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 like, it goes to show the quality of journalism on news.com today, you. But, like, that's the headline. And they were just like, oh, tally-ho, chaps. We finally get it in November. Yay, winning. Uh, where's where's the rest the draw from Koshi? Yeah, where's, where's Koshi? Where's Carl <laughs> Stefanovic on the Today <laughs> Show? Getting up in arms. Kyle Stefan, uh, Kyle, what's his name? Um, Sandlands. Kyle Sandlands. Where's the uproar from Kyle? Jackie O going Rove. Bring back Rove. Where's Rove going? Ah! That's my great Rove impersonation. But um, I just, Do we I, just not care about anymore about George freaking Lazenby should be fronting. They're like, I'm ashamed of you, George. Like, you should be, like, in, my name is George Lazenby. Like, this never Where happened to me. This never happened to the other releases. Um, it's, it's, it's baffling. I don't, I don't understand it. But, uh, and again, like, if James Bond down under have produced an essay on the, the issue around this, I don't know, baby, who knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll get it eventually. And so, well, I mean, we're this mad. is, yeah, we're mad. So, essentially, what we will happen, and we'll talk a bit more about this at the end of the episode as well. There will be a spoiler-free review coming from Colin and Noah, 
and then when I can see it in 2027, uh, we will basically do what we did for Spectre. And we did like a two-hour reaction. I don't know how long it will go for. We didn't put a time limit on it. We, did, we essentially just did a reaction episode. We all sat down and like, oh, my God, we like this, we like this, we like this. And then ultimately we will do a proper recap like we used to do. Can I just say in yeah. November when we do our reaction episode, it's going to be very spare-of-the-moment reactions coming from yeah. me. It's just going to be very spontaneous. But do you reckon you'll see it? Like you probably would have seen it maybe two or three times by then. Will you go back and yeah. see it again? I'm guessing I'll make unless it's like quantum of solace. I'm guessing I'll see it at least three times or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, by the time you've seen it once and we record with you, maybe an hour after you've finished it, like we did with Spectre, which was a lot of fun, <laughs> I will be coming out of my third showing and would have had two months to digest. From so Spectre was, I think, the first that was the first Bond film that I saw multiple times, and I cannot remember if I saw it two or three times. I think I might have gone to see it three times. Um, so. Yeah, I will aim to see this at least two times. I mean, I, I saw The Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi twice. I can see No Time to Die twice, at least, I'm sure. Don't um, you love uh, when we did the Spectre episode? It was like, oh, my God, Cullen saw it five days earlier. We have to wait. And he, he can't tell us anything for five days. And now it's going to be like, oh, Ben. Jesus. You know, it's funny. I was just, I've been waiting to tell you how much I hate this film. I was telling you off there on the day of recording this, I, I was listening to our Skyfall Spectre and our Daniel Craig era recap. And we will do a Daniel Craig era recap redux after we've done our No Time to Die recap. Um, and it's funny. I think I think it was in the Spectre one. We're basically joking about how, oh, yeah, we know the next one's going to be out in at least three or four years. The, the wait between uh, – no, it was the Skyfall one because it was the wait between Quantum and Skyfall was four years. They're never going to do that again. Could you imagine if we have to wait until, like, 2019? And we were like, ah, that's never going to happen. 2021, here we are, still just twiddling so out. It has to be the longest gap, right? It has to have been. Uh, See, to kill yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this on air. I'm gonna find out because um, we brought this up last episode, I think, and I think Colin said no. I think he said that it the 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 gap is still longer for that. But I, I will confirm that. I will do a. I will do a quick little calculation here. But to me, I, I'm all about the conspiracy theories. I think Daniel Craig just wanted to beat Roger Moore's. Uh, <laughs> well, run, you but... you literally said that in the, the episode I was listening to on the Craig one. You literally said. I you were like part of me doesn't want Craig to come back for another film because you said that's Roger Moore's thing. He is the longest uh-huh. Bond. You were like, no, he can't do it. But then you said part of me does because if uh, Craig comes back for one more, he would have done five films. So then you'll have Craig uh, Moore's done seven, Connery's done six, Craig's done five, Brosnan's done four, two to Dalton, one to Lazy. Mister Elba's going to do three, and then we've got a nice pattern. So I'm a weird cookie, aren't I? I like that though. That's like, like actually, that's like a cool little thing. I'm I'm weirdly glad that that's a thing. Is that like some uh, signs of OCD or something? No, I, I I'm all for that. I like that. But I guess in all seriousness, I mean, what we'd have another trailer. We we had another trailer come out uh, in between. I think our last no time episode. This one, we we did a trailer reaction episode for the first, so we didn't do it with that. But just quickly on on the trailer, was it was it anything sort of that was new in that that kind of wet your appetite, get you a bit pumped, get you a bit excited, kind of uh, to feeling it? And just general, how are you feeling now that you are a couple of days away from seeing this? Well, firstly, didn't we do an episode on the the trailer? The thir- I don't think we did the third one. We did the we've done the first two trailers. But that third trailer came oh. out between the last episode we did on this. Yeah, I've so. lost track. Maybe one of the new clips we saw was I think uh, Daniel 
uh, Bond in the car, the Aston Martin and the guns come up and they do this sort of turn and like, I'm excited for guns coming out of headlights. That's pretty exciting. Um, I think that was a new clip. Uh, it really seems like they're going for the sort of gadgets and these sort of old school. I'm not even let's cut out this old school thing. Let's just say classic Bond. Like, it's classic not old Bond. School. The first 20 films are all more or less similar in some ways. So it's not old school. It's just Bond. Um, still not a big fan of this era, but I'm, yeah, you know, I'm excited for this film. Uh, Yes, I don't know because I remember our last episode. I was a bit, a bit of a downer because I kind of lost the hype. It's just all the delays and all the COVID and just all the everything. It's just, and now I, I am really excited. I've done a really good job this year of barely watching. I watched all the trailers once or twice because Spectre. I watched it twenty times, and I feel like that ruined it a bit. I've not really read much of any news. We kind of talk in our chat a bit about things here and there, but I've, I've kind of avoided a lot, which I'm happy about. So I'm going in pretty fresh to this film. Uh, I am excited, but, and you're in such a weird position too. It's like, I'm literally at recording five days away at, at listening. Maybe I've already seen it. It's just, I am excited, but I just don't believe it. Yeah. I don't know if you can understand that, but I just don't believe I'm going I to feel. be seeing this film because it's been, it was supposed to come out in 2018 initially. So the fact that I'm days away, like I've not even, I've not bought my ticket and I, I it feels so dumb because it's just a film, but I almost can't comprehend the fact that I'm going to be literally hours away from watching this film. But I don't, you're in a weird position, so I don't know where your hype factor is. I'm not saying I'm not excited because next Wednesday when I watch it, it's going to be one of the most exciting days of the year, which has not been a very exciting year, let's be honest. But <laughs> Well, so well I'm not, now not it's pretty ex- exciting, according to this. But other than this day, like, this is exciting. <laughs> this is fun. Um, so I'm not saying I'm not excited, but... I just, I genuinely, I know it sounds dumb, but I genuinely don't believe I'm going to be watching this film. I don't know. How, I don't know if that makes. You're going to walk sense out and go, "Nah, I didn't believe it. It was fake, fake that, news." No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. <laughs> I, and maybe I'm just rambling, and that makes no sense. But it just doesn't feel real. I no, I, I completely understand, and I think kind of. I, I come from that factor where, again, because it's been delayed again, I legitimately am expecting to get to, like, the 25th of October and they're going to be like, oh, no, we're delaying it again till February. <laughs> like, I just... We're not going to release it in Australia. Yeah, I just, I just, I just had this weird thing. And, like, not to go into the depth and depravity of, of my life this year, but, I mean, oh. I shouldn't even be in Australia right now. I should be in Canada. So, like, if... Things had have remained how things should have remained. I would be getting to see this in like the week, um, but yeah, I, I'm probably more excited for this than I have been for any Bond film that I can remember, and I think that just comes down to the anticipation, the fact that it has been mm-hmm. delayed after delayed. The trailers, the the new one looked fantastic, and like. I know when we did our last episode, I think um, we all came on and basically said, like, oh, we haven't watched the trailers in for a while and let's get excited. And I've been to the movies a couple of times because, again, 
in Hobart, life's normal. I can go to the movies. <laughs> They're still releasing movies. I can still see movies, just not the ones that I want to see. And I think the last, like, two or three movies I've seen, they've had the No Time to Die trailer on before, and it looks amazing on the big screen, um, which is, I don't know if I'll ever get to see it. But, it, yeah, I mean, so I, I think it's kind of on that level where I'm, I'm really pumped up. This delay, extra delays, like, I, the day that it comes out, I will be, like, first session, I will be at the door first. I'm hoping they will do what they did with Spectre and, like, give it to us a night early. Um, and, like, I will, like, be... I can't remember being this excited for a movie. Like, unfortunately, I was excited for Rise of Skywalker, but, I mean, we all had hope. Um, but, I mean, realistically, I probably haven't been this excited for a movie since maybe Force Awakens because Force Awakens came out after Spectre. So, um, yeah, I, I'm... I'm champing at the bit to see this movie on, on more ways than one. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to underestimate my excitement. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, it's probably the most excited I've been for a film since uh, The Force Awakens, and hopefully it doesn't follow a pattern like that. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, the, the Return of Star Wars, which was 2015, at the same year as Spectre, so that, and I've said on the so I'm not really a fan of modern movies. Um, I don't really get excited for new releases. Uh, so I am excited. Like this is the first film in six years that I'm actually going to be going first day to the cinema to, although we saw The Last Jedi in the first day, but, I mean, we could have waited for that. We saw the midnight <laughs> screening, didn't we? We did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did, but yeah. I regret how tired I was the next day. Um and yeah, still um, being tired all these years later. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not woken up. Uh, but I, I would disagree with you. Well, not disagree, but for me, I think the Spectre was just because that was the year that we had started this show and we were doing the recap in the lead up and we did the trailers and then we'll, you and I uh, – got to see the film we played the mini driver pinball and got the sippy <laughs> card uh so i think specter i was probably more hyped for this is going to be a bit more of a sort of like oh i'm just going to go on my own after work should have saw this four years ago but it's going to be a fun little adventure anyway uh so i'm, I'm thinking now in the day and age of zoom uh maybe i can take you with me next next week <laughs> maybe i don't think i want to but like again does it i don't want to watch it on my phone but, oh, look at that can you, can you move the screen up is is that doctor no i can't tell <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's um i'm just actually thinking because jurassic world fallen kingdom came out yeah i probably know that was probably the last one i was really any jurassic world movie jurassic park movie i'm going to be pumped up for but um yeah i don't know it's just it's just everything that is adding to this. And, and it's it's also like the Craig factor. Like I'm really, I'm not like Craig would still be fifth of my bond rankings. I'm not, I wouldn't move him up, but like as a, as a person and kind of just like watching that documentary recently, kind of just uh, rewatching the movies in the last couple of weeks, which will go over soon. And then just even kind of listening to some of our episodes and just a lot of the stuff around Craig, like I'm really appreciating him now much more as a person. And I will say now that I'm actually starting to get a bit sad. Like I, I never would have thought I would say this, but I'm all of a sudden gone. I'm actually a bit sad that Craig, this is Craig's last film. So I, I feel like we're in a unique position too, where 
where this is the first Bond film that we're ever really going into, knowing it's going to be his last, and it's it's kind of been advertised as a big farewell for him. I mean, we've been over this before with Connery never really got it, uh, Moore never got it, Dalton never got it, Lazenby never got it, Brosnan didn't get it. So this is kind of the first real time we ever get this. So yeah, part of me is also is like it's that sending Craig off and like okay, like you're not my favorite Bond, you're not the best Bond to me, but I appreciate you as a Bond. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do kind of agree. Um, I, I've i been very kind of critical of, I mean, I should say Craig, but a lot of it is the Craig era. Yeah, um, but 100%. still Craig is not one of my favorites, but a lot of it is the era, not just the Bond, but he is definitely way down there for me. But I, yeah, in a weird way, if you'd asked me five years ago, I said I just couldn't, wait any day to just get him over and done with uh, but change is always hard and it, it is that sort of weird i'm, I'm not going to say stockholm syndrome but it's almost that sort of like <laughs> your electra it's, it's been so long like this yeah. is literally the longest running bond and and there are 13 year olds who were teenagers who weren't born when casino royale came out uh so I, I, I'm ready to move on. And Craig is this era is hands down my least favorite. Uh, but at the same time, I get what you're saying, and I think part of it uh, was that documentary. It was quite emotional oh, yeah. at the end. The fact yeah. that they went through in order of sort of his becoming Bond, and then straight through to the end, and they showed his sort of final. I think that really led to the hype and kind of the sadness of it. But I guess the other thing is exactly what you said. This is the first ever farewell to Bond film that we've ever had. So you're kind of going in knowing that it's probably going to be quite emotional. Uh, even if you're not a, a Craig fan, like neither you and I are, like Colin is the Craig fan of this show, but you're kind of going in like Roger let's say overstate is welcome Pierce. You, you would have had more Pierce, but by the time his series, it got a bit skewed and a bit silly towards. So it was a bit like whatever. Uh, and then Dalton had the big gap. Uh, but as much as I don't like Craig, and if you had asked me in 2008, I would have said, get a new bond right now. I don't feel he overstayed his welcome other than this big delay. Like I feel like this feels right. And I think that's where the sadness is. So it, it feels like a sort of logical right timing conclusion coming to an end. Uh, so I, I do agree. He's not my bond, but uh, I, I feel the, a bit of the emotion to it. I, that's a good way of putting it about like, he definitely has not overstayed his welcome. And obviously, we'll talk a lot more about this in our Craig Redux one. Um, and because we're, we're in an exciting period, really, here. New Bond film, saying goodbye to Craig, and then we're going to do a whole, like, who will be the next Bond? Like, this is an exciting thing for us as a James Bond podcast because this is something that, you know, you not many Bond do po- this in your lifetime. No. Well, I, I mean, podcasts didn't really exist back in 2005, 2006. So there hasn't really been a period of podcasting where a Bond podcast has been able to talk about a new Bond. Um, so, but like, it's a great point because, you know, the, the thing that you'll always look back on Craig is that 
yeah, he's the longest serving one, but he only did five films. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's never felt like he's overstayed. It's not, it's not his fault that you look at the big gap. I mean, we're always going to look at the 2010s as having two Bond films. Like that's, that's crazy. When you go back and look at the seventies, the eighties, you know, the nineties, okay. You only had three, the two thousands, you only had three. But it's kind of, you know, differences. I mean, obviously the delays around Goldeneye and everything there, there's a reason behind that. Obviously, you know, what happened between Die Another Day and Casino Out, reasons behind that. Outside of that, there, there wasn't a whole lot of reasons between why there was such a delay between um, why this movie didn't come out in 2018 instead of 2019 or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I think it's kind of just, it's a unique period as a Bond fan to be able to go through this. And just thinking too, like, You've in your entire lifetime, you've only ever had two James Bonds. I mean, yeah. you you were what like like eight nine when Brosnan left, weren't you? Around what what year were you born? Ninety four, ninety five. Eleven. Right. Okay. So well, I count when Craig started, but yeah. But you still you still remember when Craig was announced. I I remember Craig, but like I I mean I was born in eighty seven, so I was born during Dalton's run. But I mean. I don't remember him as a baby and I don't remember a two-year-old watching License to Kill. I don't remember Brosnan being announced as Bond. I didn't know what Bond was when Brosnan was that's, announced. That's what I'm saying, though. So we, you don't get to do this often in your lifetime. Yeah. Like my, I think my mum was born when Roger Moore started, so she's only gone through four. Like I've had more popes in my lifetime than Bonds. Um, more what? So I think, well, I have a, I've had the same amount of popes in my life. As James Bond, oh, more sorry, prime ministers I, of Australia than I've had James Bonds. <laughs> sorry, I, I more Spider Mans. I had divorce. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, well. Uh-huh. Um, Is that too soon? I, I don't know. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk but about yeah, that. But <laughs> it, it is exciting. <laughs> sorry, I'm not actually <laughs> divorced yet, so you can't even play that joke. <laughs> more engagements is the joke. It's too soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Edit point. Um, but that's what hang I'm on, saying. Colin, what did you think of that joke? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, not good enough. I, I missed the sound. Uh, that's a good. That's a good way to to break the tension. Play a sound clip. Um, I. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is it's an exciting time for us because each person, well, each person lives, what, 60 to 100 years. You don't get to, there's not many bonds. You don't get yeah. to do this often. So the, this is the first time in any, even Colin, in our adult lives that we're going to have a new bond for all of us. Like well, you he was were, alive what? during the Moore period, so <laughs> that's how old Colin is. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a fact. Colin was alive during the Moore period. <laughs> I, I was born in the first year of Dalton, so I mean, you know, that's kind yeah, of. So like, none of us, as like fully fledged adults, really have got to see a new Bond come in. Maybe Colin. What year were you born? Were you ninety four or ninety five? Ninety five. So, so you were born Brosnan's first year. There you go. Yeah, you were born Dalton's first year. And Colin was born <laughs> <Roger> <laughs> David Niven's first year. <laughs> Barry Nelson's first. <laughs> Ian Fleming's first uh, novel. But, um, yeah, I mean, and again, that's why, like, I think it's exciting. We talked about that. And, yeah, when we do our sort of who will be the next Bond episode, like, might be the only chance we ever get to do it. Because, I mean, we don't know if we're going to still be doing this in 10 years. Pfft, who knows? Oh, we Probably. definitely won't. <laughs> definitely won't be. <laughs> we're playing a clip of this in our 2031 episode as we talk about Pierce Brosnan's son being announced as uh, James Bond. What we basically. do, though. When we do the Colin tribute episode. Yeah. 
we welcome on Casper Hilding as the new host. Um, <laughs> now, I want I want to go over our ranks and a few final thoughts and kind of just quick fire questions, I think. But just quickly, um, the delay between License Kill and Goldeneye was longer. So uh, really? based... Based on the premiere dates, License to Kill premiered on the 13th of June, 1989, Goldeneye on the 13th of November, 1995. So a span of 2,344 days. Uh, Spectre premiered on the 26th of October, 2015. No Time to Die, the 28th of September, 21. So 2,164 days. So about 180 days, roughly longer, the delay between License to Kill and Goldeneye. Well, this is where my fake OCD OCD is coming back in because it's like we've been through so much. It should be the longest. Yeah, I know. And still doesn't even uh, do that. But, I mean, I guess the difference is at least between License to Kill and Goldeneye, you had a new bond like a new era. This is like the same freaking bot. It's a sequel to Spectre. Like, it's kind of, come on. Uh, how many Star Wars? We've had a Star Wars trilogy in the period between Spectre. A trilogy plus a few extras and a TV show. We've literally gone through <laughs> almost the same amount of Star Wars that existed before Spectre in the gap. To go on your joke, I've been engaged twice, married once, separated, moved to three different countries. Colin's had three children. You still haven't had a date. Um, <laughs> and so did like David Bowie and <laughs> all those people. True, David Bowie died after Spectre. I know. Like Robert Williams was alive during the last Bond movie. What did he die in twenty? Was he that before? I don't know. We, we've lost two James Bonds since the last James Bond movie. Like we. <laughs> So did Sean Connery. We had six James Bonds alive at the last James. We've only got four now, probably three by the time with this episode. Lazenby's gone before um, this gets released next week. This is a new game show. Like, what's happened between Bond films? Like, oh. There's a whole history book here. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Um, so, all right, we've asked this question a thousand and one times, but I'm going to get a final answer on you here. Is Rami Malek... Doctor No. I'm going to say no, that's who he is. So, yes. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, well uh, done. But, but <laughs> this show delivering <laughs> quality bait and switches. Episode 102, <laughs> we're still delivering the comedy. Still comedic geniuses. Wow. <laughs> Those kind of lines to keep the viewers coming back to this. I know, show. I know. That's why we get thirty downloads every episode, folks. Know <laughs> uh, that we will be, but I hope I'm wrong. I like we all knew it was Blofeld. I'm saying yes, it's Doctor No, but I don't want it to be. I want to be kind of coming out and going, oh, it wasn't. It was just Rami Malek. I uh, yeah. Look, I, I'm saying he is too. I've always gone along and said he is i mean i said that he wasn't going to be blowfeld i think i was the only one in that episode like no he's not going to be blowfeld um but i just think it's 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 gotten to a point now you sent sort of uh, some uh, screenshots i think of the wikipedia page or something and it just it sounds really oh, obvious really? And i actually i watched a youtube clip today where it was like some guy for 12 minutes going about why he is and um apparently there's like um debate or kind of uh, rumours that the – what is the garden in one of the, the Fleming novels that uh, – the Garden of Death or something or yeah, – Garden of Death, I think it's called. 
which they're, they're reckoning that that might be in there. So some people are saying that he could be Dr. Shatterhand or something like that, that he's not actually Dr. No. Um, so, ha Dr. No, because he's got no hands. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he is. And, like, yeah, I, I'd be fine with it, I think. But at the same time, I'm with you. Like, it's it's all well and good to bring back Blowfell, but, like, I, I don't know how I feel about the fact that they're going to go down a path of, like, what's next movie? We're going to have Largo, and then the next movie after that we're going to have you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the man with the golden gun. What's his name? Scaramanga. <laughs> Scaramanga. Thank you. Uh, like I, 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 I like it, but I don't like what makes the Bond films unique in different eras is that like you have unique villains and okay, they've rebooted the franchise, but where do you end? Do we literally get to a point where we're going to get Gustav Graves back again? Like, I mean, like it's kind of, I don't know how how I feel about it. Like, I just, I think, leave it. Like, Blofeld's fine to bring back, but you don't need to bring back every single one. Any times. Yeah, like, I mean, Jaws is going to come back. Like, you can't, like, some of them you can't. So, yeah, I think he's going to be, but I hope they end it here. Like, I hope that recasting Bond, like, they've just set it open and it's just going to move forward and we're going to get original villains. Because if this is Doctor No, then you would look at Craig's five films. I mean, he's only really got, two original villains because I mean, the obviously from the books and we've never, I mean, we've sort of had the in other, you know, media before obviously Blofeld and then Dr. No. So silver's an original villain and green is an original oh. villain. So, um, and that would be kind of odd and strange, but maybe then again, that's just what the Craig era will be defined as. And then moving forward. So yeah, but, I um, saw somebody's fan theory, uh, online the other day. I'm like, can you imagine is, their fan theory is that uh, Rami Malek is going to be some mad scientist and at the end of the film, uh, he's going to make all these uh, clone artificial people or something and he's he's like the, the father of supervillains, so he's going to make it this artificial Goldfinger and Largo and, and it's going to end with all these villains and James Bond has to go out and defeat them all and that's how it's going to tie in with the original series because it's okay. Bond going out. <laughs> and I'm that like, fucking sounds amazing. If they do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that sounds amazing. I'm on board. Like, seriously. We've seen the deep fakes with uh, Star Wars, so we can get, like, get pro back. You expect me to be cloned, Mr. Mon? Colin's been talking about that book, the, um, the, the, the Untold Adventures, like Dalton's third and fourth film book. I've bought the book. It's sitting behind me. I haven't read it yet, but it, he's told me some pretty whack shit crazy about, you know, what's in that book. That sounds like that should be in that book. But <laughs> we've always said that Craig needs to have his die another day, right? Like every Bond sort of got their whack, you know. Dalton and, and Lazenby are the only two that haven't really had their whack job shit crazy Bond film. I mean, I know people argue Spectre's shit, but Spectre's not on a die another day. You only live twice Moonraker level of like crazy. So um, that's what we need for this film. Craig needs, and like, well, let's be honest. Who's really going to care? Craig's done. They know they sort of have to reboot it with a new Bond actor and it's a girl. Maybe Craig's gone, oh, fuck it. Let's have uh, Rami Malek creating clones of all the evil people. And then, oh, look at this. He's created a, a Connery clone and a Lazenby clone. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. It's Brad Whitaker. <laughs> we get a Vargas. Vargas shows up. I guess he got the point. <laughs> it's going to be a big, big clones at the end. 
I want to have a scene with Craig opening his desk There's and, like, doing a laser beam. There's an underneath the bag. But literally go through every single film this time. Like, for 30 minutes. <laughs> just going through there. Pair of skates. We have BB. I want to win the gold <laughs> Clown nose. Honk, honk. <laughs> I, there's something endearing in that. I kind of would love to see Craig do that. A song, it's karate sex. A quiche, that's quiche. Oh, there's my quiche. <laughs> Rest in peace, Stacey Sutton. <laughs> She's not really dead. <laughs> there's a kite dancing in a hurricane as well, surfing on a tsunami. <laughs> oh, we need Ray to do like a DVD bonus of just doing a 30-minute thing of that. Oh, that would be nice. Oh, that's funny. Um, All right, other quick fire ones. Um, Madeline. Will she die? I'm going to say no. They've had a lot of death. I think maybe James Bond gets his happy ending. But I, well, all oh, that sounded bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where do I go to that massage parlor? <laughs> Who is the lesbian parlor? Uh, but I would love to hear your opinion on this, actually. I say yes. I've said that from the beginning. I think I said that back in Spectre, that they're going to bring her back and kill her off. I think she'll die um, early on, I think, and she'll be and he'll be going on a revenge. That's that's my thing. I think all those scenes we see with her are, like, super early in the film and she will die early. But she's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I just think so. Because, I, like, I don't – I can't fathom a hap- – like, I think if they were going to do that, Spectre ended it well, and then we can just pick it up in the next movie. I think that the fact that they're bringing her back, like she's the first one to come back, like Tracy never came back, you know, Vespa never came back. They were done and done in a movie. Like it's obviously a big deal that they've brought one back. So I just, I don't see them having him going off in a happy ending, happily ever after, because, you know, the, the, the one thing that does scare me a little bit is the way they're promoting this is like the end is nigh, like, you know, which makes me wonder, are they going to kill off Bond? Which then I'll be pissed off for poor Danny Boyle because that's apparently what he was going to do. So, I mean, there, there's definitely things about this movie I'm scared of, the direction they're taking it, how they're promoting it. But at the same time, I think the only way to really wrap it up is Madeline dying. I, like, they're going to keep her around and then bring back her, you know, for Idris Elba? Like, and that's just his girlfriend moving forward? Like, I don't know. I don't that's see true. it. Yeah. Or, um, or she might turn evil. Hey, you know, she could. I mean, she is Mr. White's daughter. Um, do you think Bond will die? Uh, no. I just... I know the, the franchise always reboots itself, but I don't know how you reboot from Bond. Die. They have to end this era, but that seems that little step too far. Um, and frankly... There are many things that could completely ruin this film for me. That would be one of them. That would be a bad ending. Um, and, yeah, I feel like that's what Danny Boyle did. But this this franchise has gone for 55 years without James Bond dying. We don't need it now. So well, I'm I mean, saying he has no, died a few times. Come on, Noah. <laughs> rest in peace, Roger Moore. But I'm saying no. Part of it's wishful thinking, but a part of it thinks they can't do that. Like, how do you come back from James Bond dying? Yeah, and, like, one thing that I just do want to touch on, um, it, it is that fear. It is that, like, the way they advertise it, like, I get it, they've got to advertise the end of a Craig era, but it's it's kind of the, the, the one negative about it, knowing that it's the end, is going a certain route where, like, 
you know, that, that, that risk that people have always talked about, that James Bond's just a code name and that, you know, all of a sudden they, they, they retcon that, which wouldn't make sense. That, that does not make sense in the grand scheme of James Bond franchise. Um, it's just that's my biggest fear that they're going to go a certain level with it that makes it so that maybe they end this and then all of a sudden Idris Elba comes in and they have to reboot it again. And it's like, like we, <laughs> I want this to end in a way where it's like, cool, that was the Craig era. Sweet. And then we just pick up in Bond 26, Idris Elba walks in, beg your pardon, forgot to knock. And then boom, we're, we're just off and running. We don't need to kind of just do what they used to do in the Bond films. It's like, cool, it's a new Bond actor, but we don't need to go through all of this again. Um, so I just I hope they don't go an angle where it kind of goes too far. Like, yeah, they're going a bit, you know, like, oh, controversial. Come on in, 007. In comes LaShawna Lynch. Like, we know that's going to happen. But we understand that 007 is a code name, and that's understandable. That makes sense. But, like, James Bond is not a code name. So I just – I hope that that doesn't go too far. But anyway, I don't know. Like, there's there's nothing else really I feel I need to ask about it. Um, do you think the song will improve with the title sequence? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, didn't you? You said no. that note, um, writings on the wall slightly improved with Octopus Spawn. Uh, n- no. Uh, my, I wasn't my point that that title sequence could work with anything. You did, but like I think you still said it was kind of like a little bit better. But um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I can't fathom how anyone likes this new song. Absolutely not. I haven't listened to it, I think, since it first came out. (laughs) And I'm deliberately, like, I was nearly going to put on the playlist today, the Bond playlist, but I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I actually don't want to hear it again until I watch it in the movies. So, um, yeah, but Grammy Award winning, Billie Eilish, sure. Um, Do you have anything else to add before we go over this rankings redux? Because I'm excited for this little section because we're going to be talking to Colin in a minute. It's going to be a little bit different. But any final, final, final thoughts, Noah, right now? Speak right now. This is the last time you ever get to speak on this podcast, having never seen No Time to Die. Anything right now. Crazy predictions, yeah, anything. This is the end. Uh, after this, there's no speculating on the movie. I guess the only thing to add is uh, I think a lot of people I've read online are so worried about LaShawna Lynch being the new Bond. Uh Firstly, I think LaShotta Lynch looks absolutely badass in all the trailers as a Bond girl. Uh, I don't think we need to worry. I, I think we'll see James Bond will return and I, like maybe we'll see her in a spin-off movie or something, but I don't think we need to – I don't think that's the direction that they're going to go in. So that's my last prediction is there's been a lot of speculation that she's going to be the big plot twist at the end, that she's the new – Bond, because maybe they're not calling it Bond films, they're calling it 007 movies. Maybe we'll see her again, but I don't think we'll see her in that capacity. So uh, she looks like a great character, but that would be a disappointing end of the film. I I, I don't think they have, because, I mean, I think both Barbara Rockley and Michael Wilson have flat out come out and said, like, no, Bond will never be a woman. And even Daniel Craig has come out during the week when asked in an interview, basically, like, should we have a woman Bond? And he was basically like, well, why don't we just write characters who are equally as good as Bond and make them female characters? So, like, he's politely shutting that down without saying no. So I, I personally do not think we will ever have a female James Bond. And without sounding like a sexist prick, misogynist dinosaur, I would be one of those people who would be like, no, we should not have a female James Bond. We should have a character who is a similar thing to James Bond, but as a thing, you can, you can do that. I agree with Daniel Craig. 
So um, anyway. Um, Not unlike ex- Jinx. Well, exactly. Except she's. I'm still waiting for her spinoff. Still waiting for her spinoff. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, now, we're going to throw to Colin because we want to hear from him. But this is a part where I want to... You and I have rewatched all the films again. We went through all 24 and rewatched them again. Now, you did this yeah. a while ago. You you did this Head of the game. You did. Now, you actually sent us through your re- Redux rankings and we were like, spoiler, you were meant to say, and you were like, oh, I didn't know. Um, oh, no one tells me anything on this show. Now, we obviously ranked all of these films as we did all of our recaps. So, essentially, we every single film we did, we kind of reordered them and everything and then we did our we're stalling people recapping the recaps where we went over a few and we moved a few around. Now, just to remind people in that episode... So you moved a couple. So I'm just seeing here that you initially moved Octopussy down a spot. That was obviously in 15th. You put it in 16th and you put Fury Eyes only ahead. So you swapped them around. Uh, you swapped Man with the Golden Gun and Moonraker around in 12th and 13th. So Moonraker was in 13th, Man with the Golden Gun in 12th. And you also swapped uh, Dr. No and Goldfinger. You put Dr. No in 7th and Goldfinger in 8th. They were your only changes that you did in that episode. So... Um, maybe what we'll do here is we'll kind of just quickly go over from 24 to one, and then we can kind of see where that compares to the other ones in the original. My, I changed a lot around in my one. I dropped for your eyes only down to 16th, down two spots. I put the man with the golden gun up to 15th. I dropped the living daylight from 11th to 14th. Wow. Ben, I put a view to a kill from 10th to 13th. I put license to kill from 9th down to 12th. I bumped from Russia with Love up from 15th to 11th, from Goldfinger 13th up to 10th, Tomorrow Never Dies from 12th to, thir- uh, to 9th, and I kept my top eight intact. So, wow, I moved a lot around. But talk about moving a lot around. You're going to hate me for how much I've moved around. I have moved. Mine is vastly different. So different. Because I'll say I grew some appreciation for some films a lot more than I did my last rewatch. So... Well, based on your last one, then that probably bodes well for the general consensus. Well, I don't think you should jump to conclusions yet, Noah, because it can also go the other way. I'll just say, I think we should go 24 to 1, do as quickly as we can. But one thing I'll say is that, to me, there are 20 good Bond films and four which I'm just like, meh. So to me, my bottom four is simple. It's like, they're my bottom four. They're the ones I, I do not like, but I'll still watch them. They're bomb films. It's like pizza. They're all still going to be good. The I've got my number 20. I'm embarrassed that is number 20 because I love that film, but like I just love the other 19 more than that. And there are other ones here which you're going to go off at me for some of these being so low, but it just comes to a fact it's like I love the other ones more above it. I still love those films and I could easily have them in the top 10, but I just I can't based on how I do it. So... Um, you get to react to these live. I'm going to send this to our group afterwards and Colin's got to react so that when he does his recording afterwards, he's going to go off at me. So anyway, we, we all right. We just say quickly that, like, we've been, the past few months we've been teasing each other about, well, you said this on an episode. Yes. Like, it's been six years. Like, I'm surprised we haven't almost done this earlier. Like, so my list is very different too. Well, kind of. And I was 20 when we like, like a lot of your opinions change a lot in six years. Uh, you go through new experiences or you appreciate different parts of uh, cinema or whatever. Uh, so I could expect a lot of changes from everyone really. Um, 
and mine has changed a bit since the last time I sent you the list. Uh, but yeah, I'm really fascinated. But yeah, I mean, yeah, our opinions change over six years. It's a long time. Very much so. And I will say, I think that um, Colin, and we'll hear about this from him in a second. I don't think he's gotten through it all. So hopefully if he's done a read and we will, I guess, maybe recalculate our averages and maybe our overall average will yeah. change from our, you know, and then obviously maybe we can save that to when we do the no time to die one and then where would that rank? So, okay. Um, 24. So you had a 24 on your first ranking quantum of solace. What is now in your 24 spot? Okay, let's quickly go through and then we'll talk about the main sort of big controversial ones. Uh, okay. So this time around, 24 is Quantum of Solace. Oh, no change. wow. That movie okay. stinks. Stinks. All right. Uh, uh, do you want me to give me my 24 or do you just want to go through yours? And I, We'll do it. 20, okay. 24, I had Moonraker. At 24 this time around, I have Moonraker. Didn't change for oh, me. I got like oh. 10 minutes in and I'm like, okay, this isn't as bad as I'm thinking of. That movie just, it just hits the fan in Venice and it just does not recover. And Even after that commentary we did? No, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't change for me. Um, Just, I can't move it. So, yeah, no, still 24 for me. Uh, last time around at 23, you had this. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Noah, what do you have still? Because I don't—I feel this hasn't changed, surely. Yeah, you're going to love me for this because this is the first time in 007 history I've done this. But this time I've got this. <laughs> Did you That's just request me to play it? Wow. Yeah, quite fun to initiate sound clips, actually. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud uh, of you, Noah. No change, but good for you. It's definitely not below... Uh, Condom of Solace. I'd watch that any day over Condom of Solace. Well, last time around at 23, I had Live and Let Die. That was one of the ones that I watched this time around and go, really? That's not that bad. Yeah, Number that 23, lovely. this time around, I have Thunderball. Um, I just, it's, again, it's similar to Moonrock. I'm sort of watching this going, okay, this isn't too bad, but like, it's just so dragged out. Like, it's just the water stuff goes on and on and on. And it just gets to a point, too, where I just lose interest in it. And I just, it's way too long of a film. And it's just got a crap villain. Some of the stuff around it's a bit silly. And it's just, yeah, I, I it's not one of the ones I'm going to put on and be entertained by. So uh, that's dropped a spot. That was 22 for me last time. And now it's yeah, 23. That's surprising. Yeah. So, 22 last time around, you had license to kill. Where is, uh, what is number 22 this time around? Uh, I'm glad only one of you is on the show and not both of you. Uh -oh. uh, it's the world is not enough. <gasps> oh, my heart. No. I just don't like that film. Uh, wow. And uh, I've grown up a bit, I think, as a 20-year-old on this show young and maybe i was a bit intimidated to upset the two oldies too much so maybe i put it higher than i really actually believe but i just don't get anything out of that film uh wow it's sad to put two bosnans in the bottom three but uh yeah that went way down for me i don't know when i will rewatch that film again honestly Ouch. I didn't go that far down for you, to be honest. You had it at 21st last time, right? So it only dropped a spot. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but wow. Jeez. Okay. That hurts my feelings. Um, I had a 22 last time. Thunderball. This time around, I have You Only Live Twice. That dropped four Ooh. spots for me. Um, 
Like the, the if it didn't have the volcano scene in the end, I think that could almost be the worst Bond film. Um, it could almost be worse than Moonraker. But like, yeah, it's just there's just stuff around. Like the, the Japanese stuff is kind of dumb. Kissy Suzuki's just stupid. Um, just Connery's just bored in that movie. He just he's not doing anything in it. Um, and it's just it's just henchmen chasing Bond for no reason. So, yeah. And the song's overrated. I'm, I'm not liking that song anymore. So, anyway. Um, all right. You had it 21st last time around. The world was not enough. So, what is your new 21? This time around, uh, License to Kill. Um, oh, it's got up a spot. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's got up. You know, it's got some fun bits of it. But every time I watch this film, I want to be with you. I want to love License to Kill, but... The script is terrible. Everything about it is just terrible. Um, and it was actually the first one I watched of this whole re- rewatch. Oh, so did you didn't do it in order. order. I did it just random order, which was kind of fun, actually. Um, and I wanted so desperately to like this film, but every time it just, I can't do it. Um, so my original 21 was uh, Octopussy which uh, I'll talk about soonish. Uh, my now 21 is Quantum of Solace. It's dropped down a spot, was 20, 21. This, this film just gets worse and worse every single time I watch it. It's it's ridiculous. Um, this is the last of the, the four, as I said, that it's just kind of like, what's the point? And you said in our recap, this is the least Bondian film of all the Bond films. And I agree with you. This just does not feel like a Bond film. Dominic Green is the worst Bond villain in the history of James Bond. The song is terrible. Yeah, there's nothing really redeeming about this film. A uh, couple of good action points. The opera scene's cool. The locations are kind of cool, but yeah, no thank you. I'm, I'm scared about what controversial things you're going to do at, at the top, but the you one have... change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one... glad to you because if you and Colin, I'd be getting murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's why you rescheduled this as just one at one at a time but oh i'm gonna get it when i send it through to our chats shortly don't worry i'll get it from colin don't worry (laughs) but just the one thing i was hoping from both of you is that quantum would end up 24 for both of you i've tried my best to kind of i don't like to make a case against a film but i'm i'm an advocate against this film i've got nothing positive to say about quantum of solace i would put it 25th if i could um (laughs) maybe you will (laughs) <laughs> and what frustrates me is this is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this film is going through some sort of massive renaissance yeah, where I've seen everyone, a few things about it. And I don't know if it's just people being sort of hipster, like wanting to like the unpopular one or if people generally like it, but this is a bad film, not yeah. a bad bomb film. This is a, a terrible film. So uh, it's stayed last for me and I was hoping it would, did it go down for you or it went up? For yeah, you? no, I had it at 20th on my original list, so it's gone down one spot. Well, that's something. Yeah. The one thing, I, when I was re-watching it, like just that opening sequence when they're when he's running after Mitchell and they keep cutting to the horses, like I want to like have the time, and I, he says he's re-listening to all the episodes so I can get all the Die Another Day counts, but I would love to like re-edit I don't know, um, You Only Live Twice, when he goes to the sumo scene and he's walking up and they just cut to Artie shots of sumo wrestling and it's like he sits down, Artie shot. Like, it just, it's so dumb. It makes no sense. It's just stupid. Yeah. Um, so in 20th, you originally had A View to a Kill. What do you have now in at 20th? Well, you're a View to a Kill fan, so you'll be happy about this. Uh, it's gone up. Uh <sighs> I think you'll be agreeing with me, but where actually the kind of black sheep 
uh, all the black pussies for this. It's octopusy. It, it's always been that middle of the road Panama one, but every time I watch it, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I'm just actual review of Octopussy. It's such a nothing of a Bond film, and I'm a big Roger fan, but I just there's little to enjoy, and it almost it, it almost feels like I don't know. It's it doesn't do it for me. It's missing all the elements. It's got all the elements, but they're almost like they never made it out of some sort of draft or something. It's just missing the charm to me. So yeah, it's unpopular, but I'm not an Octopussy fan. It's gone up a couple of spots, only a brief, and I'll mention it very shortly um, because like, I will say it's one of the ones that I rewatched and I'm going, okay, I enjoyed it more that time around, but Again, based on where everything comes on the list, I can't put it higher than some of these other ones. Uh, this is the one that I'm sad about because I've always loved this movie. I still love this movie. But again, I just like 19 other movies better than this. This is probably maybe the biggest drop of anything on my list. It's dropped oh, four spots. No, God, that's gone up. Don't worry, that's gone up. Um, for your eyes only, I've dropped four spots to 20th. Oh, I know, it hurts. So it hurts for me. You. Because I like that movie. I like. Yeah, I'm the bit, I'm the least defender for that film. Yeah, I just I just can't put anything above it. Like, like have wow. I, put nine, I can't put anything below it. Like it's just the way I've ranked things. I just I don't know. Like it, it fell into twentieth, and I'm just I'm oh. sad, but I can't change it. So that's yeah. you like that film more than I do. So that's But this is what I'm saying. My my top tw- like these are twenty films that I all like. There's like to me. They're all 80% and above really good films. It's just I love the others so much more. So Colin's yeah. going to have a field day on you for that. He will because he'll see this list straight away without hearing me explain it. Uh, 19, you originally had Thunderball. What do you have now? Oh, it's Thunderball. a match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> the, the one thing I'll say, you and me are neither a Thunderball fans. Colin likes Thunderball. It is too long, I agree. The one thing I want to say, Sean Connery, gives one of his best performances in Thunderbolt. That's like, he's James Bond in Thunderbolt. And some of the stunts are amazing, but I agree, it goes on for too long. And sort of them randomly cutting to just random shit that you don't care about. Fish in the water as they're having a fight. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, But the the one reason I wanted to put it up higher, but it didn't end up in the end, was Connery's performance really good in Thunderbolt. that's like Pete Connery, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Thunderball belongs down there. The one of the ones I'll say is that, like, if we did our uh, redux on our some of our character rankings, like Fiona Volpe went way up for me. Like, I think I maybe had her in eighth or ninth. I can't remember. But she's so good in that film. Um, and Vargas. Yeah. Oh, Var- actually, Vargas <laughs> is in it so much more than I remember. I have to say the score of Thunderball. If we ever rank the scores, that's a bloody good score in Thunderball. Really enjoy it. Um, Look at us being positive about Thunderball. 19th, I originally had Dr. No. This time around, I have oh. Octopussy. Uh, now, it went up, went up two <laughs> spots better. for me. Based on just me, again, I enjoyed it more. I just watched it. I'm like, more okay, than I, for your eyes only. Yeah. I, like, honestly, because I think at the end of the day, what took it over for your eyes only for me is better villain. I really liked Khan. Like, I watched it. Like, wow, Khan's really, really good. I actually liked Octopussy a lot more around, too, the, the <laughs> character. Um, it's more of a fun film than For Your Eyes. Like, if you were just put on a random film, like, it's very, like, eh. But, like, I feel like For Your Eyes Only is a bit more serious. And, I don't know, even Columbo can't. I don't know. I, they're, they're interchangeable. That could wow. change tomorrow. But, 
Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. So at 18, you had you only lived twice. What do you have now? Uh, see, I'm going to use the Ben argument because I genuinely like this film. Um, it's a beautiful kill. Uh, it's gone up for me. It has. Uh, I genuinely like it, but then the Stacy starts and then Grandpa Bond and just... Uh, but the villain and the henchmen are just so good. Uh, so it's one of those ones that has the issues, but there are some things that it does so well above a lot of other ones. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Beach Boys because I like yes! that scene and I will defend that scene to the grave. And the keys. And the keys. So I'm using the Ben argument. I like this film and I could put it on any day and enjoy it but it's lacking a lot. Um, now, okay, so at 18, I originally had you only live twice. That's dropped down. Now, you're going to hate me, but, the, okay, first of all, oh, it went up no. a spot. It went up a spot, Noah. It just comes down to I like 17 other films. Like, I oh. wa- as soon as I rewatched this, what did I message you straight away? I said, I actually like this film now. It's not boring. Um, I've grown <laughs> to like Dr. No now, but it's just there are 17 better films to me. I just... You know, it just, it was one of these ones, every time I re-ranked a film, I saw it drop down lower and it made me sad because I'm like, oh, I like this movie now, but it went up a spot, Noah. <laughs> you, Don't hate when me. When you were messaging me and talking about it, you gave me so much hope that I'm like, oh my God, Ben's going to put Dr. No in the top 10. No, uh, I wish I could have, but I can't. I appreciate oh, that you're starting to appreciate it more because I love that film, but. Uh, I thought it was going to go up higher based on what you were saying, but I guess it's a win, but I'm yeah. not happy. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> so at 17, you originally had Live and Let Die. What do you have now? Uh, so I think I'm the biggest fan of this film out of the three of us, but I'm still not a big fan. I think all of us agree on this film. It's You Only Live Twice. Uh <laughs> for all the reasons that you said is why it's this low. Uh, but I, I love the locations. I love Donald Pleasant. I love Tiger Tanaka. I love Aki. She was my number one secondary. Uh, there's some amazing stunt sequences. The volcano is one of the best villain layers. Uh, there's some funny moments in there. So to me, there's enough kind of, we talk about Quantum of Solace being the least Bondy. There's enough Bondy stuff. Like this is a definitely a Bond film. You only yeah. live twice. Um, so you can put it on and you, you're getting a Bond film. But So I think I like it more than you two do, but I still agree. It's definitely not a strong point of Bond. So at 17 originally, I had Diamonds Are Forever originally. That makes me oh. sad. Uh, but now, so this one might be the biggest gainer. I originally had this at 23 and now this goes up to 17. Uh, Live and Let Die. I, I really liked it. I don't like the plot. I don't like the drug running plot, but... I don't know, just this time around, I just, I loved it. Like, Roger Moore, like, I was like, wow, like, I want to rank Roger Moore higher, but I can't because I like the, you know, he's still fourth for me. But, like, this is just, he's so good. And I know people criticise this and uh, Man with the Golden Gun is like, oh, he's just being Connery. It's not really more. But, like, I don't know, there's just something about him in this film that's just like, you know, Butterhook and things like that. And, like, what's the bit when he's in the crocodiles or, or whatever? And it's like, um, T, he's like, oh, damn, Gator got my hand or whatever. And what does he say? Like, oh, clever Albert or something like that. Like, just little Roger Moore things he does. Just, I just appreciated it so much more. So, um, yeah, live and let die. Got a big leap for me. So, there you go. For all of us, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, number 16, you originally had Octopushy, which has obviously already come up for you. So what is now at 16? Well, this is the film that I said you need some several rewatches and you need time for people's opinions to level out. Uh, some people think it's the best one ever. Then some people think it's the worst and you need five years for it to level out a bit. Uh, so for me, 16 is Spectre. Um, so that's where it finally leveled out. I think I had it a bit higher the you had first 11th time. Originally. Uh, yeah. So it's fallen, but not a lot. Um, I think 16, 15 is sort of a good spot for Spectre. I, I agreed with you on a lot of it when we did our commentary, but I also agreed with Colin that there are a lot of issues. So for that reason, it can't be higher. Uh, I feel like I have it higher than a lot of other people, but definitely not as high as uh, you're going to have it. So I think hmm. 16 is a pretty fair spot for Spectre to end up in. It's It's got some great things in it. I thought you were going to have it lower, to be honest. I reckon Colin will. Um, but um, yeah. Um, so, okay. This is where things get tricky because I'm going to say a couple of films here that I'm going to get completely shot down. Oh, on, but <laughs> let me just say that again, it comes from a fact that these are not bad films. I do not dislike these films. I just like others better than this. So please bond fans. If you look at this list and see this and think I'm an idiot, you're going to anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so originally at 16, I had for your eyes only now, I have, and here we go, from Russia with love. Oh! <laughs> play the Colin no, no, no thing. No, 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 no. I agree, Colin. I agree. I agree. I'm glad you could make it. Oh, and now play the one of me saying no. No! Oh, I agree with me too. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I've never, I've never wanted Colin on an episode more than I do right now. I just like again, it comes. Oh. To, okay, so I think if people just look at my list without any context, I think the obvious thing is is that I like the more check oh. your brain at the door fun Bond films, right? And that's not yeah, to take away, from, not to take away from. If I was to rank these as like the greatest oh. in terms of what is a great film and a Bond film, like this would be easily in the top ten. But, like, if I'm just going to be right now, oh, I'm bored, I'm going to put on, I'm never going to put on From Russia With Love because it's like I have to think, I have to watch it, I have to pay attention, you know? So, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, there's still a, maybe the next one might hurt you equally as much. Um, at 15th, you originally had For Your Eyes Only. What do you have now? Oh, another match, For Your Eyes Only. Um, that's why I'm just flabbergasted that you had it. Because I was for sure thinking I had it way lower than anyone. Um, yeah, 15 is sort of that middle. Like, you can put it on, you can enjoy it. But unlike you guys, I think it has a lot of issues. So there's a lot I love about it. But there's a lot. Like, this film has freaking Margaret Thatcher in it. Um, <laughs> I think that oh, for your eyes, I only get too much credit uh, nowadays. That being said, it's an enjoyable two-hour romp. You can put it on and enjoy, and Roger Moore's great, and uh, great action, and you got BB, the number one secondary <laughs> Bond girl of all time. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't move for me. I don't like it as much as most people, but that's why I'm so shocked you had it so low. I, yeah, it really hurts me to see it that low. It really does. But, again, I just I look at everything above it. And I'm like, I can't, like, I just like them a lot more. Um, all right. So at 15, 
I initially had the man with the golden gun. I don't want to do it with this. At 15 now, I have Goldfinger. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> again! Again! It just, I'd like 14 other films better! Like, I'm sorry! No, 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 no! No, 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 no! I just, I just, I love this film. It's so good. But, like, again, 14 other films are just so good. I would kind of say one thing. All oh. of these films improve, like, when I rewatched all of these, and I'm rewatching them basically one a day, I think I even watched two a day at some point. Like, these films are amazing films. Even the bottom four, which I'm like, ugh, I just like, I can't stand them. Like, I'm going to watch Moonraker over the majority of the MCU. I'm going to watch Moonraker over all of the Disney trilogy. Yeah. I like Moonraker, like any Bond film, like these, even though I dislike the bottom four, there's still films that I can watch. I'm There's not a single Bond film which I'm like, fuck it, I will never watch that again. I don't want to ever watch The Rise of Skywalker again until episode 10 comes out. Like, it's literally... And I fucking love Star Wars on par with James Bond. So it's it, it comes down to that, whereas I think the quality of these films increased for me. And that's why I found it harder to rank this time around because I didn't watch them so closely to each other when we ranked them the first time. I watched these so close to each other, so therefore it made it harder. So... Ooh. I love Goldfinger. I do. I really love Goldfinger. I do not dislike Goldfinger. Like, it's such a great movie. I'm sorry. The funny I'm thing sorry. is, I I thought I had Goldfinger in a controversial point, and I have it nowhere near. <laughs> I, I think also in my defense, you said, like, you don't really like modern cinema. And, like, I'm kind of with you, like, with sort of the, you know, post. But, like, I'm a much bigger fan of, like, newer films. Any, so, like, you're going to see that reflected in my top ten. So, I'm <laughs> um, just... <laughs> oh. Anyway. All right, Colin's definitely not coming off the second half of this episode. Uh, at 14th, you originally had Tomorrow Never Dies. What do you have now? Oh, another match, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, yeah, I, I love this film. Uh, I almost have nothing. This is the one you could always put on. It's, yeah. it's one of Brosnan's best performances, if not his best. And you can just put it on and have a great time. It just doesn't have the wow factor. So... I almost have nothing negative. We're talking about the not nearly the top 10 here. So all of these films, I don't really have negative things to say at all. Uh, but it just doesn't have that top 10 wow factor to me. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll always be a supporter for Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, I initially had it 14, The Living Daylights. I now have oh. The Man with the Golden Gun. It's gone up a spot. Um, I just – I never no, get so why cool. this film gets hate. I just – I don't understand it. This film is fun. Yeah. It's got – one of the greatest villains of all time. It's got your number one uh, henchman of all time. It's got a great song, great locations. Um, I'm with you. Like, I, I want to re-rank our secondary Bond girls for Maud Adams. I'm with you. She's oh, great. Yes. Um, Thank you. It's, like, I just don't get it. And the score of this, I like, often we complain about the overuse of a theme, but I just kind of like the use of the ding, 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 ding. Like, in the movie, it just works. Like, I don't know. Uh, Tie boy in the water is fantastic. Um, yeah, like I just all of these films right now, I've really got nothing bad to say about. Um, like the man with the golden gun is so much fun, and I just hate that it gets hate. So I think people are slowly coming Agreed. around on it, aren't they? They should be. Yeah, they should be. All right. Uh, Thirteen. You originally had Moonraker. What do you have now? Uh so yeah, this is kind of the the kind of 
what do you call it? The the comeback kid of the rewatch. I think yes, it's live and let die. Um, I'm with you. And the funny thing is, when we started six years ago, I talked up this film, mm. and it went so far down for me. And Colin was so negative on this film, and it went up for him. And yeah. now I think we're all appreciating live and let die. Uh, it's such it's a good just, movie. <laughs> it is a good movie. It obviously has its flaws. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's just so much fun. Yeah. I completely agree about Roger Moore, and I don't think he is Sean Connery. Uh, and it's just a ball of fun without being the Roger Moore silly. It's Roger Moore fun, but it's not Roger Moore silly. Yeah. Um, and just some of the stunts are Bond at its best, and... I think that this is where they nailed action mixed with lighthearted fun. Like this was kind of the perfect balance. Uh, so yeah, it has its issues, but just, yeah. And Baron Samity and Teehee whisper. Uh, so yeah, this is the, the, the breakout star of all of our rewatches live and let die is gone. I could put it on right now after this call and have a lot of fun with it. Colin will be happy. I think, yeah, he was the one yeah. kind of before it was independent. Uh, 13th, originally I had a view to a kill. Now, Noah, I so wanted this to make my top 10. Oh, if, if I had one what? film that I wanted to make my top 10 more than any, it was this, but it couldn't. But it's gone up four spots. Diamonds are forever. I mean, it's such a – I'm with you. It is like, fuck Colin. This movie is fun. It is hilarious. Sean Connery maybe sort of phoning it in, but he's kind of having fun in it. Tiffany Case is amazing. Plenty O'Toole is amazing. Just everybody in it is amazing. Willard White, like, I love this film so much. And, like, if, if, if I did my top 24 of movies that I could just watch at any point for the shits and gigs of James Bond, this would be in my top five. I can put this on at any time and just watch it because I love it. But, um... It made up four spots, Noah. I'm sorry I couldn't make it higher. You know, I generally, when you were doing your rewatch, I was getting a bit stressed because I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to watch it and hate it. And then I'm going to be the only one who's talking about this film. Uh, and then I came into this, I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to have it in the top five. And this could be like a big Diamonds Are Forever thing. Uh, but you have it higher than most people, so I'll take it as a win. I love it. It's such a good film. Uh, so much fun. Um, number 12, you originally had The Man with the Golden Gun. What do you have now? Uh, it's Moonraker. Um, I keep switching my 11 and 12 around. I've switched them a couple of times, uh, even today. Um, so 11, 12, a lot of these are more or less the same in the same three spots. Like there's interchangeable. Uh, I, I don't get like I don't get how you can be on board with Diamonds Are Forever, which I love that you are, and I agree with everything you said about it, and not be on board for Moonraker. Like it's just I could put this on any time, and it's just two hours of pure fun. Love Roger Moore, love the space stuff, love how silly it all is. Um, huge Moonraker fan. Oh, I'm an apologist. I'll defend it. I like my silly bonds. You'll see my top five. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't get how you're not on board with it. Cause it is just a ball of fun. Um, I, I don't like this sort of the cray era where Moonraker has suddenly become like the most hated bond film. Cause it used to have a different reputation. I feel. Well, the thing is I've been watching a few of these rankings and to me, Moonraker is going up on people's rankings cause it always ends oh, up really? being in a middle oh, spot. Good. The ones that I'm always seeing now is Die Another Day 24, Spectre 23. They're literally the ones I always see. And, like, <laughs> like that is generally how it works. So, yeah. Um, 
at 12, I originally had license to kill. I now have a view to a kill. Um, again, wanted to put this in my top 10 because I fucking love this film. You talk about like guilty pleasures and my top 10 is filled with guilty pleasures, but this is one of these ones that I feel gets so much hate. There's not many fans out there, but like, yeah, it's Grandpa Bond, but I mean, this is just a Bond film, just solidified. Like, it's just, it's fun. Beach Boys is incredible. Christopher <laughs> Walken is amazing. Like, I don't get Colin. Like, oh, this is one of Chris Walken's worst performances. You only like him. He's such a badass villain. He literally <laughs> murders people at last, and as he's dying, he's laughing. Like, that is just, he's sadistic. Mayday, my man. Uh, Mayday is incredible. Um the locations, like, I, I like San Francisco, but outside of that, it's kind of like, okay. But I don't know. Like, I just, a View to a Kill is one of these ones I can always put on. And, I mean, the song just gets so much better every time I watch it. And the score, like, there's that, it's like a trumpet version of A View to a Kill, and it's kind of like a sad mm-hmm. version of it, which is like, just, it works. Um, Yeah, A View to a Kill. So good. So, so good. Um, 11, you initially had Spectre. We obviously know this is not going to be Spectre anymore. So what is now at 11? Uh, Man with the Golden Gun, uh, completely agree with everything you said. Uh, again, this is another one. You just chuck on and you're having two hours of just fun. I think we're the one sort of Bond media that champion, champion, yeah. championing this film because uh, we all kind of agree. None of us agree that it's a top five, but we all kind of agree with the general placement of it. And just from – I want to give this credit as maybe one of the greatest casts because oh, yeah. the knickknacks, Scaramanga, but then I'm on the Maud Adams and I like High Fat and me and uh, This the and Goldeneye probably have the two best casts, surely, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, I would say probably those two. So uh, just, yeah, I, I'm never going to say it's the best Bond film, but I want to be up there giving credit to the man with the gold. I don't get what people are, are saying, putting this so low for. Yeah, and uh, you know, be up there in the top three greatest cast, Diamonds Are Forever. Tell me one bad yeah, character in that film. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. I know Colin's not going to agree with that, but I mean, everyone's no. fun in that movie. Like, it's great. Um, so at 11, I initially had From Russia with Love. Oh, sorry, everyone, that's dropped. Um, I now have Casino Royale. Um, I think the thing with Casino Royale, again, it's a great film. And actually watching this time around, I'm like, it's got a lot more Bondian bondness to it than I actually remember. But again, it just, it comes from a place where like the Craig era, like it's, I watched this really good video on YouTube where it was kind of like the issue with the Craig era, just, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And that's kind of like, it's, it's so connected and it's so everything there, but like they make very good points about how like the first two films are about young Bond learning his ropes. And by the third film, he's already old and over the hill. It's like, well, like, make up your mind like what is he meant to be um and like it's kind of this setup and everything it's great and everything and like again there's nothing wrong with casino royale it's just yeah i had like 10 other films better than it but it's still a great movie so uh, and craig's a lot better in it now that i appreciate craig so yeah and can we just point out that you, you know we always seem to use the sorry sorry line for daniel craig the one that we used back in our casino royale recap was skewered and we never use skewered <laughs> anymore it is a good line hashtag bring back skewered um all right number 10 you originally had skyfall what do you have now uh my number 10 is oh the living daylight i've always maintained as a top 10 for me i have to say it did go down a bit for me on a recent rewatch 
I think that it's a bit dry at points, but I've always maintained it's a top 10 Bond film, which is why it becomes 10th for me. Uh, don't get what Colin says. There's so much to love about this film. Um, yeah, maybe at some points it loses me a bit, but again, I'm saying it's top 10, so not many negative things to say. We know that if Timothy Dalton starred in On a Majesty's Secret Service, he'd have that as a bottom five film. So, you know, like, <laughs> come on. That, that guy could, like, Casper and Jamie and the kids could be burning in a building. Timothy Dalton could come in and save them all and he'd still be like, oh, another firefighter would have done it better. <laughs> but he wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Old buddy. Um, at number 10, I originally had Goldfinger. At number 10, I have your original 10, Skyfall. Um Again, having just listened to this episode today, um, I sort of said how bipolar I am on it. The one time I watch it, I love it, then I hate it, then I, I don't hate it, but like Skyfall is probably the best movie out of all of these movies, but it's not a Bond movie. That's always been my complaint about this movie. It's mm-hmm. like arguably the greatest movie out of the Bond franchise if you do it on just film in general. But like that's my problem. I just, every time I watch this, I love it. But it's not a Bond film. It's like it's just too arty and too sort of drawn out and like I don't know. Like I don't like the money penniness in it. I don't like that reveal. Silver's amazing. The conclusion's good, but it's actually a lot more drawn out than I remember. Uh, the song's fantastic. Uh, there's just so many plot holes, and I'm just I'm not a fan of the Skyfall being his house growing up. Like ooh. Like, ooh, like drama. Um, and, like, to me, that's more of a problem than Blofeld being Bond's brother in the next film. So, oh, um, yeah. So, Sky it still makes a top ten. It's a top ten Bond film to me. But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, number nine, you originally had The Living Daylights. We know that can't be it now. So, what's number nine? Well, my number nine is Skyfall. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I love how you're like, oh, and there's, like, one spot higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh- I, yeah, I agree. I'm bipolar on it too. Sometimes I watch it and I'm like, eh, is this actually as good as people say? And other times I, I really enjoy it. There are plot holes and whatnot. But the last time I, I watched it, I kind of I took a step back. <laughs> good. I, take your own advice. <laughs> I took a step back and I was like, well, do I have fun? And I always have fun watching. Like, it is a good two hours entertainment there's some great lines there's amazing action silver is great craig's not his best performance not his worst one uh so it's i i'm bipolar on it too and i agree that it's, for the 50th anniversary it's nowhere near as bondy as it should be mm, uh, yeah. but, but when i take a step back i'm like <laughs> well do i just enjoy it like <laughs> We, we can critique all these films, but it's like, should we just be ranking on how much we enjoy it? That's, yeah. It is our rankings after all. And, and that's what I think I, it comes down for for me. It comes down to, and I'm sure it's the same as you, like you, you in, like Diamonds Are Forever is not the best Bond film on, <laughs> no. but like, but you love it. Like, and that's fine because these are your rankings. Yeah. So that's why it gets up there. It's like, it's my ranking and I've got problems with it. If I was being objective, I would actually put it lower, which is funny because most objective people would put it in the top five uh, but yeah i just enjoy it so it's not a five for me but it's in the top ten if the gun barrel was at the beginning might be up a spot higher too for me <laughs> number one <laughs> yeah, number one. uh number nine i originally had tomorrow never dies and i've got my first match at number nine i've got tomorrow never dies i always want to put this higher but again it just comes down to liking other movies that i i I love all the Brosnan films, clearly, as you're going to see, all of them are in my top ten. But 
like tomorrow never dies is just the, the the stocks like if you were to have a computer and just type in stock standard James Bond film like cliche James Bond film standard James Bond film fill all the tropes tick all the boxes it's tomorrow never dies like this yeah. is just, it's just got everything you want in a Bond film Brosnan I don't think Brosnan ever gives a bad performance in any of his films but like this one like to me he's having the most fun like. Goldeneye, mm-hmm. he's a bit more dramatic. He's got, like, the reveal with Alec and all that sort of stuff. World is Enough, he's a very dramatic. It's probably his best of the ones. And Die Another Day, he's got to, like, put up with the whole defecting and kind of coming back and doing all that sort of stuff. Whereas this, he's just having fun. He's just having a blast. He's just like, I'm James fucking Bond. Like, you know, going to town. Carver is such an underrated villain. I love Carver. The other woman is fantastic. <laughs> um, it's got some great henchmen. Uh, Terry Hatcher, we've all grown to love her a little bit more. And you know I love the song. So... There's nothing wrong with Tomorrow Never Die. It's such a good movie. It's just there's eight other movies better. Um, another eight. You originally had Goldfinger. What do you have now? Oh, uh, I didn't realise I had it that low the first time. It's a max. Uh, uh, yeah, Goldfinger. Uh, I thought that was going to be a controversial sort of drop for me. I didn't realise. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not going to come out and say. Goldfinger is overrated. I'm not going to be the person to say that. It's you've not kind of said overrated. that in the past, though. I'm not saying that you like bagging you out, but I think you have in the past have always kind of said like I don't get it as much as other people. Yeah, that's what I would say. Is I'm not coming out and saying it's overrated. I'm not going to be that person uh, because it is. It's the Bond film. It's it's really what birthed Bond, and it has the villain and the Bond girl and the action and everything. So I'm not saying it's overrated, but for me as a personal enjoyment, that's where I don't get it as much as other people because the locations are crap. Uh, and I just, it doesn't flow for me the way I like some of the other great films flow. And it is a bit clunky for me. So I absolutely appreciate it for what it is in terms of the legacy of the 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 franchise but just because it has the legacy in a personal rankings doesn't mean it should be number one you said uh, flow so i'm thinking of move your ass flow sorry just, i yeah. just <laughs> uh i just yeah i it's never been up there for me it's i'm it's never going to be in my bottom five but it's never been it's i don't know what it is it's just yeah, but clearly it's not that controversial because you had it like twenty. So it's, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, it's <laughs> never it's never done it for me the way it has for other people. And I don't know what it is because I'm going to say maybe you had to be there, but there aren't many people that were there in 1964. Colin. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I appreciate it and I love it. I could watch it any day, but it's not it's not the one for me in top five. Again, I don't really, you know, I had it at fifteenth. So, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna get ripped for these couple of ones probably as well. Uh, at number eight, I originally had Skyfall. So glad Colin's not lying right now because he'd hang up on me. Number eight, I have on a Majesty's Secret Service. Um, Ooh. great, great movie, so good. Like, I, again, I rewatched it and probably loved it more because I, I just love this film. But again. Seven more movies ahead of it I like better and would rather watch over this. Um, I can't say anything bad about On Majesty. Lazenby's performance gets better every time I watch it. Tracy, the best Bond girl. I'm pretty sure I had her at number one and we all had her at, well, nearly at number one. Um, I actually kind of 
grew to like um, Telly Savalas a little bit more as Blofeld. Like, not that bad. Like, he's not the best, <laughs> but he's okay. Um, so, yeah, like, again, Colin right now, no, 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 I'm not playing the clip again. <laughs> but, um, again, I just like seven other films better. I'm sorry, Colin. So, it dropped four spots for me from my original list. So, ouch. Um, number seven, you originally had Dr. No. Da, da, da. What do you have now? This time I have from Russia with love. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say I agree with you because you had it ridiculously low. I did, but I agree that it's not the fun. It's not the one I'm chucking on on a Sunday afternoon or coming home drunk and chuck it on or whatever. It's it's not the grab your popcorn on a Saturday night sort of Bond film, or you've come home from work and you're tired. Uh, and you just want to put on a Bond film, you're not putting it on. So it doesn't really fit those those four different scenarios of when you're going to chuck on a Bond film. Uh, so I agree with you in that regard. But also, when you do put it on, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like it's not the one I. It's one I see the least probably because I, I never think oh I want to watch from Russia with Love, but then I watch it and every scene is just amazing. <laughs> Uh, so that's why it's not top five for me, but why it has to be in the top ten because I do agree with you. It's not the fun Bond film, but it's it it's a great piece of cinema. It's it's kind of artsy without the kind of pretentious artsy of Skyfall. It, it feels like a good classic cinema. So yeah, I agree with you, but you had it ridiculously low. But yeah, this is it's an amazing film. If I, I mean going back to what I said about Skyfall, maybe being the best film. Uh, this is probably top two, top three best films, you know, yeah. made and everything along those lines. Um, this is going to hurt you now. Number seven, <laughs> I originally had Spectre. At number seven now I have, and again, I fucking love this movie. I just like six other movies better than this. Don't hate me. The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean. That might be the worst one. This, again, I oh. feel like you put stock standard Bond film and you get like this tick. The, this to me is more like oh. makes more of a Bond film than God. I know Goldfinger put it on the map, but I mean, this has got everything about it except maybe a shit villain. Um, but like, great Bond girl, great Bond, great henchman, great locations, great score, the best song in Bond, um, great action set pieces, great sets, great everything. But I just enjoy six other movies better. There are two films on this list that has such a big leap for me, which you'll see very shortly. But, like, I love this film. <laughs> I love this film so much, Noah. I really, really do. I just like I Six Others better. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the worst one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm it with jokes. <laughs> Don't say it with jokes. Uh, all right, number six. You originally had from Russia with love. What do you have now? Oh well, now this is where you get to be annoyed with me, and Colin would be too. Uh, it went down a little bit, I guess, but we're in the top six now. It's golden eye. A little um, bit. You had that at number two before. Wow. Oh, did I? Oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't yeah, I, I know you two adore it, and I adore it. It's my number six. It's, it is my Bond film. This is the one I think of when I think of my childhood. Even though I was born the year it came out, it was still sort of fresh when I was into Bond. 
Um, and of course the game too, but it is so good. I've got nothing negative to say about it. I guess what put it down is the other ones going up more than GoldenEye going down. Um, it's another one I could put on any time. Uh, just so much fun and and kind of the perfect balance of comedy and serious. Um, didn't realize I had it at two and then it dropped down. Uh, so Drop yeah, as many spots for you as Spy Love Me dropped for me. So just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Rosner's off the board, uh, which, Aww. yeah, he didn't make the top five for me, which is interesting. But I do love the film. It's the other ones that went up. I think, like, that's the perfect way to sum it up for me as well. It's like, it's not necessarily that some of these movies went down. It's just others went up. You know, like, Spy Who Loved Me did not go down for me. If anything, I liked it more. But I just liked other movies more when I'm doing my rankings. So Oh, it went down. Yeah. Uh, at number six, I originally had this. Uh, so at number Come six on. now, I still have this. Oh, thank God. <laughs> at, least, um, at least it didn't go up. At least. I mean, it nearly did. Uh, <laughs> trust me. I, 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 I am not backwards and coming forwards of my, my love and my entertainment factor for this movie. It's a stupid fucking movie. It's dumb. It is so stupid. And it is probably the dumbest Bond film that exists. But I absolutely love it and just can just appreciate the dumbness of it. It's like Halle Berry gets better every time for me because Halle Berry's oh, no, loving no, no, herself no. in this movie. Brosnan's great in this movie. Gustav Graves is great in this movie. Miranda Frost is there. Um, Madonna's in this movie. The song is amazing. Like, I just love this film. I'm sorry. It's behind me on a poster. I just I just enjoy the shit out of Die Another Day. And it's still, to me, the second worst Brosnan film. So... <laughs> At least it didn't go up. I will it say didn't. I watched it close to Quantum of Solace and look, yeah, I agree. It can, it can be fun. Uh, watching it next to Quantum of Solace, die another day, looks like the most fun think, in the world. So Think about this, Noah. If you came over to my house on a Saturday night and we started getting pissed and just, like, imagine watching this movie drunk, having a drinking yeah, game. Like, it would just be, it fun. be fun. Yeah, like, I, I don't silly. disagree with that, but you saying Halle Berry gets better every time is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've heard on this show ever. She oh, is come so on. That is not the dumbest she went on this show. You know I... that. That's true. <laughs> um, at number five, you had on a Majesty's Secret Service. What do you have now? Uh, see, I didn't even relook at my other list when I did this. I just did them all from scratch. Um, I've got Casino Royale. Uh kind of agree with you that it's not Bond film, but this is just an almost perfect film. It's just a film. You watch it and it's just so good. And it, I almost had it as my number two this time around. I, uh, and now Craig's off the board too, but it's just, it is the, the Craig highlight. I think Craig as a performer gets better as Bond later. Uh, and this new one hopefully is his best, but it's just such a good film. All the beats, uh, it never drags. It hits all the targets it's trying to hit. Um, so yeah, I was, every time I watch it, I'm in, impressed with it, but I was just blown away rewatching it. Like it, it went up for me and I would have had it higher, honestly. 
Well, you still could. Um, nothing's stopping you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you had it at number three originally, so it's actually dropped. It went down, but really yeah, it, it actually went up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually, funnily enough, I had originally Casino Royale at number five on my first list, and now that's dropped down to 11. Um, but let's talk about a big, 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 big mover for Ben Waterworth. Going up nine spots, oh, if you want to talk about that. I have The Living Daylights. I oh, just... Wow. Like, I watched this and just could not get enough. And I, like, watched it and I'm like, wow, like, this movie's fantastic. And just Dalton, like, I, I wish Colin was on this episode right now because I'm just in such a Dalton vibe all of a sudden. Like, and having said that, I still haven't got the other Dalton film up yet either. So, like, I mean, you know, both my oh, Daltons are in the top that. five. So, like, just Dalton is so good as Bond. He's so, so good. Screw you, Colin. Like, he's just amazing. <laughs> and the living day, like, oh, no, no humour at all in the, the Timothy Dalton movies. Like, he's funny in this movie. Like, the whole section when he's, like, going on about, like, no, we will not go back and get your cello. Absolutely not. And then next minute he goes back and get it. It's like, why couldn't you play the violin? And then, like, going down, like, the thing, nothing to declare. Nothing to Screw declare. you, Colin. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, and then, like, even, like, at the end, like, I love that line of, I don't agree, restaurant in Karachi. Like, just... Dalton is so good in this film. Even, like, even Moneypenny is just kind of funny. Like, just everything, when he does the whistle with Q, like, oh, I just, I love this film. This movie just went so far. I think this is the biggest leap on any movie. This and Licence Kill, which we'll get to in a minute. But, like, just Dalton is so good. Dalton is amazing. Screw you, Colin. You're an idiot. Uh, (laughs) He says ranking Living Daylights at number five. Um, At number four, you originally had Diamonds Are Forever. What do you have now? I have automatically secret service. Uh, I'm making it my lifelong ambition to get this film the credit it deserves as a Christmas movie. Cause I'm saying yes. this right now, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, Honor Majesty's Secret Service is a Christmas movie. Agreed. Never seen it being referred to as a Christmas movie. It's so Christmassy in everything about it. Yep. Uh, so great film lazenby i agree gets better and it's my now lifelong ambition to get old majesty's secret service recognized as a great christmas film and a tradition that people watch every december more of a christmas movie than white christmas that's a joke people would get on <laughs> yeah, the Network. Actually. <laughs> if you've seen it you know exactly what i'm talking about um now, Living Daylights went up nine spots. Um, number four, I originally had on a Magic oh. Secret Service. And number four, I've got License to Kill. Um, oh, again, like I watched the Living Daylights and I legitimately was like, oh, God, I think I like this more than License to Kill. I watched License to Kill. I'm like, God, I love this movie. Again, I just, I, I, I wish you would, you said before you want to be on that page. It's now my lifelong ambition to get you on that page because like License to Kill is just fun and like i get the issues i get kind of it's a bit of a skew but like this is much more of a bond film than i think people give it credit for i uh, really do think it is it's much more of a bond film than quantum of solace ever is um yes yeah. <laughs> sanchez is great dario's fantastic screw you both i love the dynamic with pam and even loopy improved for me and can i just mention living daylights too uh screw you both the uh romance with cara is fantastic shut up um <laughs> And just, again, Dalton just fits his role. Like, Craig just gets all the praise for this gritty, dark. But, like, Dalton is doing it. I always say he does it so much better. The song is great. The locations are great. Q on the scene's great. We're not a country club 007. Like, just, it's just, it's batshit crazily, terribly great and fun. And I love License to Kill. Such a good film. Biggest defender in the world. 
You give me a look. All right. Uh, number three, <laughs> you originally had Casino Royale. What do you have now? No, this is what I'm saying about, um, you know, you're, you're 20, it's been six years. I mean, you have some terrible opinions, but the <laughs> one thing I always admire about you is you do own your opinions um, for better or for worse, mostly for worse, but you do, you own them. And I admire that. Uh, and I feel like 20 year old Noah or however old I was when this show started, I didn't own my opinions as much as I should have <laughs> because I love Dr. No. Why did I put it so low? I only put it so low because I thought, well, you can't have Dr. No in the top three. But seven, if you like yeah. Dr. No in the top three, then you put Dr. No in the top three. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I know that's dumb because we always take the absolute, I'm not even saying take the piss. We rip you apart for a die another day. <laughs> But it's, if you like that film, then it goes there. It doesn't matter how cinematic it is or whatnot. You, it's your rankings. You put what you like third best there. And I've always been a huge defender of this film. And I hate that I put it so low, even though I still put it in the top 10. I can't remember exactly where, but seven. Uh, yeah. And I think at one point I had Goldfinger above it. Maybe I changed it. I've never liked Goldfinger more than Doctor. <laughs> Why was I doing that? Like, it makes no sense. Uh, I've always championed this, and I loved that you at least appreciated the bit. But I genuinely was actually happy when you messaged. Genuinely, I was quite happy when you the messaged. The boy's growing so. up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Quarrel, Honey Rider, Doctor No, Jamaica, Strangways, uh, Professor Dent. Uh, also... Shout out to uh, Miss Tarot. Recently yeah. watched. I loved yeah. Miss Tarot. She's hot. Uh, Sylvia as well. Um, yeah. You didn't really like Sylvia, Love. though. I thought you went down on her. Oh, that sounds yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that escalated. Um, I've always talked it up. It's not like my opinion has changed. You remember from before we even started six years ago. I've talked it up. I will continue to talk it up. It doesn't matter because if it was first or whatever, it's one of the greatest. It's so entertaining. Everything is so charming about it. And finally, Ben Waterworth, I'm owning my opinions like you, <laughs> but my opinions I think are a bit better. The, at the end of the day, there are two films that I always think about you. It's Dr. No and Diamonds Are Forever. Whenever I think of the, or I'm watching those movies, I think of you. So, you know. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> when Honey comes out of the water, I'm picturing you all. There, there's no. Um, no, just three- looking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, am I ever. At number three, I originally had the spy who loved me. At number three, here I am, Mr. Defender of this film, the only one on the planet. I have Spectre at number three, this movie. Ooh. Like, we talked about this in the commentary the other week about how, like, I just want to watch it. When I, I watched this two days ago. Oh. I am hooked to every second of this film. Craig, like, as much as he's my number five Bond, he's amazing in this film. Like, this is almost like him in Tomorrow, uh, uh, Brosnan Tomorrow Never Dies, like Connery kind of being a bit playful. Like, he just is having fun in this movie. I watched a review of this the other day and they're like, oh, Craig is so born in this film. 
How is he bored in this film? Like, that opening scene when he meets C, like, he's fantastic. Just, like, the flirtatious stuff he's got going on with Madeline on the train. Like, the couch stuff is fantastic. His little, like, wave at the funeral with that guy staring at him in the plane when he waves to Hinks and starts shooting at him. Like, Craig's fantastic. And this movie, like... Blofeld is so good. I hate these people who say, oh, he's so wasted. He's so, like, he just brings everything you want from him. Tell me anything outside of, you know, what freaking Donald Pleasant's done as Blofeld, how you can even say that that's any better than, and I like Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, I just get angry and animated when people diss Spectre. Like, Spectre is such a fun film. It's great. And, like, this is the film I've been waiting for since Die Another Day. This is such a Bond film. It's such a Bond film. I really hope No Time to Die continues this on and keeps it up because if it does, I would probably rank No Time to Die higher than this. But I'm sorry. I'm that guy. I'm ranking Spectre at number three. Bird. Love it. Love it. Love it so much. Such a good The thing film. is, I agree with some of the stuff you're saying, but third. I just make it baffle me when we do the commentary and like how Colin's like, oh, the, se-. like, the second half isn't boring to me at all. Like even the climax got better for me watching it the other day. And I'm not a huge fan of like the Craig climaxes, but I don't know. I just, I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. Spectre Defender. That's me. I'll wear a t-shirt. Spectre Defender. Is that your new podcast, Spectre Defender? Spectre Defender. <laughs> This, this week on Spectre From Defender. the people who brought you Spectre, etc. <laughs> Spectre Defender. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure I know your top two. I mean, I'll just say right now, my top two didn't change. So, I mean, I think you know what my top two is, but I'm pretty sure I know what your two and number one are, unless you change it on me. So you're number two. And just go two and one. Uh, May as well go through. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, there's an obvious one that hasn't been brought up yet. Uh, but my number two, I, I, I did kind of want Own to put your it opinions. One. Own going, your oh. opinions. Put it at number one. Yeah. Do it. 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 Do yeah, no, this is how I get in trouble because I'm like, oh, yeah, Ben's riling me up. And then Colin's like yelling in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I said that I grew up. I refused to be bullied into doing <laughs> uh, No, you know what? I'm going to own my opinion. Um, number two, Diamonds Are Forever. That's Damn owning it. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best uh, blindside since Dr. No is who he's going to be. Um, yeah, that's owning my opinion. Number two is Diamonds Are Forever, which it's gone up. is higher than a- anyone in the history of any rankings ever. Um, I mean, I, I, I could go on because we've said so many things about this. And it's the, the anniversary this year. So I Happy feel like we need to do some sort of episode for it. I'll do it with uh, you. If Colin doesn't want to do it, I'll do that episode with you. Okay. Um, and then I'll own my opinion more in that. But you know how much I love it. And, uh, and I really want to stress it. It's not me just picking a random Bond film and thinking, oh, I'm going to be the one who likes this. I genuinely get so much joy out of this film. It's one of the films in all of film history that just brings me so much joy. It's not me just trying to be a hipster with, oh, I'm going to pick the random one that everyone hates. I know it's a bad film. But I love it when we're talking about ranking the casts. It's yeah. up there, Tiffany and 
but all the different ones, Peter Franks and Mrs. Whistler and a shade tree and the gangsters and Morton Slumber. And, <laughs> oh, I just want to watch uh, it now. Willard every War. time we talk about it, I just want to yeah. watch it. <laughs> That's the thing is every single time it gets brought up, I just want to stop and just chuck it on. And yeah. every time I turn it on, I think, oh, is this the one that's going to go down where I'm going to finally see what other people... Never. It goes up. <laughs> I just get to the end of it, I'm like laughing my ass off. It's so silly. It's the dumbest shit ever. Uh, <laughs> but Bond is supposed to be fun, and it's the one I have the most fun with. So that's number two. I know it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting in this on artistic merit. It's my ranking. I'm owning my opinion. To me, that's the one I watch more than any, so why shouldn't it be up there? So number yeah. two and three, Dr. No, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, own your opinions, people. Even if you're like bedded, you put Die Another Day <laughs> way up there. License <laughs> to kill Inspector. Um, but I'm glad you put it lower than I was hoping, but I'm glad this podcast is at least someone, and it's been my ambition to get Colin turned around, but he's stubborn on it. I don't think he ever will. Um, but I hope someone listening gives it a second chance for what the film is. It's so fun. And then the other one, Spy Love Me, just quickly. I watched, rewatched it. I, unlike you two, I never had the obvious one for me. But to me, this is my obvious one and probably will be till the day I die. I, I rewatched it. I wanted to put it up higher and I've got it number one. It's <laughs> perfect. It's not a perfect Bond film. It's a perfect film. I, I was pausing it. As I rewatched the last, thinking, oh my God, that scene was so great. Every line of dialogue, every line of action, every character, except for Strombo, <laughs> every uh, comedic beat, emotional beat, action beat, it's a perfect movie. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a buy. It's, <laughs> it's the perfect Bond film for all the Bond tropes, but it's a perfect action. I feel like it doesn't get the credit as an action film, it doesn't get brought up there with other action films. Uh, it's perfect. And it, you know, when you watch something and you're watching and you're just like, ah, it's too good. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to do the lols and put diamonds up for everyone, but Spy Love Me is just a perfect film. Um, so yeah. There's no, no change for number one, but big changes for two and three. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Just, yeah. I, it's like better movies. It is such a good movie. Um, I, I hope that by when we do this ranking redux ahead of Bond twenty six, that Diamonds Are Forever will go to number one. So, um, you know, here I am cheering for you to put Diamonds Are Forever <laughs> at number one. Come on, do it, do it. Um, yeah, my top two didn't change. Uh, again, similar, similar to what happened when we did the rewatch. Um, I very nearly swapped it. I, I watched Goldeneye. Goldeneye's number two, and I just, I just, I mean, you talk about a near perfect film. I mean, Goldeneye to me is just a near perfect film. It's just, it probably is a perfect film. Probably my top five are all perfect films. Um, maybe my top 10 are all perfect films. I don't know. Diamond of the Day is not a perfect film, but hey, I still love it. Um, but um, Goldeneye is just so good. I mean, this is the best cast. There's not a single person in this movie that sucks. The, the, the song I ranked low, but it's still great. I mean, Brosnan is just on point. Like maybe controversial to say this, but to me, maybe the best first, Bond appearance in any, even better than Connery and Dr. No, shoot me. Um, just He just fits the role. He just fits like a glove so perfectly. And just the story is great. Trevelyan, the best villain we put up there. 
I'm not one of these people who hates the the tin can score. I kind of like it. It makes this uniqueness about Goldeneye that just kind of puts you in a zone where you know what you're watching and just everything about Goldeneye is so good. I always want to make it my number one film, but I just can't because my number one film is The World Is Not Enough. I just... I watched the I watched Gold Knight and then I go oh this is number one but then I just watched Wars Enough and I get the same feeling but more like I know it's got Denise Richards in it but you gotta laugh at me when I say this but just I appreciated Denise Richards this time around because she's just so shit that I love her that she's so shit like I just it, she's the die another day of Bond girls like I see she's so shit but I just love her and. Just, I think this has got maybe the best story in Bond. Like, I just feel the story of this gets so underappreciated. This whole sort of dynamic with Elektra and Bond and this sort of, you know, turn of Elektra halfway through and her and Renard. Like, it's so unique and a female villain. And she's one of the best villains. I think I had her in my top three from memory. I can't remember. But just, I love it. The song, the action, the location. I saw a review of this saying that the action is terrible. Like, what the fuck are you smoking? The action in this movie. Is so good um just oh i just i love the world is enough i just i can't really put a finger on why i love it so much but to me it's still my favorite i wanted to make goldeneye number one but i still can't do it world is enough to me is is my favorite bomb film and you had it at 22nd and i have it at number one so uh I, and this this is kind of like my diamonds are forever to colin and you whereas like I know you don't like this film, but I know Colin likes this film and I like having sort of Colin on my team here because he's kind of like, we are kind of the champion podcast for the world is enough because everybody hates this film. Um, whereas like you and I are like the diamond are forever <laughs> defenders kind of there. So what are you and Colin? What's the film that you two kind of have? What do we like that you don't like? Moonraker. Moon, Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> So um, that kind of balances And, and apparently out. From Russia With Love, based on your <laughs> I don't dislike From Russia With Love. Um, but yeah, okay, that went on way longer than we were hoping, but, hey, it's double it's 007. What do we expect? Yeah, it's been six years. But, uh, I mean, so so I, I, I've, I could compare these, but so I'm guessing, so off the top of my head, is Dr. No your biggest mover? Must Up. be. Well, well, you well that was one of the ones you swapped. We said at the beginning. So you initially had Doctor No at eight. You swapped it over with Goldfinger. So if I quit, oh, well, I guess Spectre dropped a fair amount. Um, but you, oh, Dino Dimes are forever went up. Two, oh, two spots. Okay, never mind. So my biggest leap would have been Living Daylights up nine. License to Kill up eight. Biggest drop would be uh one of them. Anyway, uh, so that wraps up the Noah half of this episode. When I say half, we're not going to go for four hours, so we're not going to do another two hours with Colin. Hopefully not. But um, final words. Anything you want to add right now? This is the last time we're going to hear from you until... I know we said this earlier, but we just went to our <laughs> rankings. Um, yeah. Anything to declare here, Noah? <laughs> we're just going to stay on the line until I'm in the cinema. Um. Yeah. <laughs> our week-long podcast with Noah. This is <laughs> Noah sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're at work. Shut up, you little shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, firstly, just on the, quickly on the rankings is I, I love that we shifted around a lot, and I'm sure Colin will. I, I love that the opinions change, and they will change in another six years, and it just goes to show these films have different standings at different points of time in our lives. And I love hearing the new rankings, even if I disagree with some of them. Um, but, yeah, that went on longer than we thought, but 
to me, that felt right as the kind of, now I'm ready. You asked at the beginning of the show, am I hyped? And I said, well, yeah, I am, but I don't feel it's real. That, that felt right. Now I feel like we've recapped all the different films again and I'm ready to go in at the time of you listening. Maybe I've already seen it. Uh, it's not long in real lifetime. Um, so that, that felt like a good kind of way to, to move in now to our 25th James Bond film. And I promise I will try my hardest not to spoil everything for you, but I'm ready. Uh, I'll, I'll, next I'll be with Colin and we'll be very spoilery free for you. Yes. Well, there you go. So yeah, the, the next episode after this, uh, I won't be on. So, um, <laughs> news for the Ben haters. Yeah, exactly. All those people who are from, what, 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 15, they're like, oh, thank God. The next one, we don't have to listen to Ben. But uh, anyway, Noah, uh, we don't usually wrap things up like this. We usually do a my name is, but I'll just say to you right now, thank you for, for joining me and good luck seeing No Time to Die before any of us. Uh, eat, get a No Time to Die sippy cup. Keep up the tradition, please. Yeah, I'm just going to say here, uh, you can edit in. Oh, my God, it was amazing. Oh, it was okay. Oh, my God, worse than Quantum of Solace. What was that shit? Uh, you can edit in the appropriate one in November. Sure, I will do that. And editing in the appropriate transition sound right now to move to me talking to Colin. What a transition sound, Ben. I'm so glad you played that. Now that we've got rid of that kangaroo bum, let's get to the other kangaroo bum because, as we already mentioned, he can't be on the episode with the other kangaroo. I don't know why I'm saying kangaroo bum so often all of a sudden now. Uh, whatever. Uh, my name is... I don't need to do that again. Colin, say something. Shut me up. My name is kangaroo bum. <laughs> there, there you go. That works. Hello, Colin. Welcome to Hello. 7. I don't usually oh, thank welcome you. you. Pleasure to be on here. I've heard so much about this show. Listen to it frequently. Why? <laughs> Boredom. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very good. I mean, we've just put up with two hours of Noah and I doing shit, and now we're to you. So I don't know. Two why hours. I'm I glad know, I wasn't right? there. Of course, that was all <laughs> Noah, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was all Noah. I don't talk much at all. Um, but we've heard Noah's. I guess, thoughts and final thoughts. He's literally seeing this movie, I think, within 24 hours of us releasing this. You have to wait a week. Oh, you poor thing. You have to wait oh. so long to see No Time to Die. Uh, how are you feeling right now, Colin? How are, how, how are the thought process going, finally getting to see this movie that we should have seen two years ago? I feel like the excitement didn't properly kick in until the tickets were available to buy. And as soon as they were, like, I don't know why I panicked so much because even for the biggest movies, it's not like things are selling out here. You know, there's not that many people who are anxious to leave the house yet. Uh, but uh, as soon as they were on, I was like, message Jamie. I'm like, please pick up the tickets, this showtime, this theater. And then she's like, uh, that movie's not coming out for a few weeks. I'm like, yes, I know they're selling the tickets. Buy it now, buy it now. Uh, she said, well, I don't quite understand this. I'll wait till I get home. And I was worried that I was going to lose the first showing and all that. Uh, but as soon as we had our tickets, that's why I think the excitement really kicked in. And uh, you know, obviously there's been a, a little bit more content released now. I think we talked about our last No Time to Die preview episode number nine. Uh, that uh, uh, you know, It was hard to be as excited about this movie because of the, the long wait we've had. But uh, having the, the official podcast come out, having that Being James Bond documentary, uh, seeing all the the magazines and the news stories, now I can officially get excited. So I'm officially excited. We didn't really talk too much with Noah before about B 
being James Bond, and obviously we didn't talk about the podcast, so we can talk about that. But we we did kind of mention a little bit that the third trailer dropped. We had another trailer since our last No Time Tonight episode and, and this episode. Do you have anything to add? I mean, no, and I didn't really go over it too much, but do you have anything that you saw in that trailer that kind of wet your appetite a little bit more? I mean, obviously it was a bit more of this is the end, basically, kind yeah. of, you know, really promoting that this is like the, the the death of the franchise, no more James Bond, essentially. We're, we're all out of the job after this movie, pretty much. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very on the fence about the whole this is the end, um, hold your breath and count to 10, whatever the trailer was, but... <laughs> I, I, I really don't want this to be like a final ending and I'm still holding out hope that this will tie up the storylines. And I think along with uh, a lot of the stuff that's been released in the podcast and in the, uh, the, the being James Bond documentary, they're, they're more or less focusing on this story that we've been telling over five movies and not so much the end of James Bond. So I'm hopeful this would be like, we're wrapping up this five film story arc the same way that, we could say Honor Majesty's Secret Service wrapped up the Spectre arc. And maybe if this, uh, those first six movies had been released now in 2020, 2021, 2022, whenever we're going to get No Time to Die, that uh, they probably would have promoted that the same way. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. But overall with the trailer, I think that it, it focuses a lot more on it being fun, uh, which also it, it, I think we're getting a lot more talk about, oh, we wanted to inject some fun into this movie that maybe was lacking some of the others. So that has me excited. Which on the podcast and stop listening to this podcast, go and listen to No Time to Die, the official James Bond podcast, because they actually have good things on it, like Daniel Craig. Um, <laughs> but they I don't listen- have Julian Glover. Well, that is true. That They do not have Nicholas Susick, all right, yeah. who I do believe <laughs> Michael is Gore. Seven books since we last mentioned his name, but they. I listened to the. You told Ben, listen to this. Okay, I'll do my homework. It's not reading a book. I can do it. <laughs> and I listened to the the last one they did with Daniel Craig, and you kind of touched on a few things that they do mention in that podcast. They mention about that this isn't the end. This isn't the end. That's yeah. Adele's follow up, uh, Skyland. <laughs> um, and it's they mentioned about how this isn't the end of Bond. It's kind of the end of this chapter. And then they you're talking to Barbara Broccoli and that and about how it's moving forward. So clearly this franchise is still continuing. But they also, you mentioned about the fun that uh, it was that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was saying about how mm-hmm. that, yeah, they kind of had this grounded reality, but she alluded to the fact that there is still fun and that was kind yeah. of important to them, which I think makes me a little bit more excited hearing that because I'm so high on Spectre because to me – it's like they've finally got back in the zone with what Bond should be. And I'm just really hoping that they can take that and, and not just all of a sudden go, well, no one likes Spectre, so let's go back to Skyfall and it's dark and gloomy with no fun. Like, I want this to be Spectre and more. So, Roger yeah. Moore. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's a good little tease that uh, we got in that podcast. Well, also, a Spectre, I mean, we, we recently did the commentary on that, and I think even Noah and I, who didn't really care for the movie, we all kind of agreed, like, the first half of that movie, it really works, and it works for all the reasons that they do bring back a lot of the uh, the Bond cliches, but just done a little bit more classy. Uh, and also, I, I'm, I'm more excited than I was before about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, contribution to this. And obviously, this is sort of just the trend of the Daniel Craig movies, you know, they have Purvis and Wade, and then they'll say, okay, well, let's bring in this other person just to do a rewriting. Paul Haggis was one of those guys. I think John Logan was for Skyfall. Uh, and that's really what her role is. is like, we want you just to take this script and rework it a bit. Um, I, I recently started watching her TV show, Killing Eve, 
which uh, has me more excited for No Time to Die than I think just knowing No Time to Die is coming out because she wasn't brought on, I'm thinking now, she wasn't brought on because, oh, we want to have a feminine voice in the screenwriting process. She was brought on because Killing Eve is kind of a fun, slightly humorous spy show. And seeing what she can do with the spy format, putting a little bit of a weird you know, twist of humor in there. Uh, I'm more excited about how this movie is going to be different from even Spectre where they, they, okay, we're doing everything the same as Skyfall. We're just going to do some jokes and some gadgets. Whereas this time around bringing in a new screenwriter who, you know, has done spy stuff before, who has done humor is maybe able to, to bridge that gap a little bit better than we saw in Spectre. She, I don't think I'd ever really heard an interview or anything with her before, but I loved how she spoke on the podcast about, how she would be watching, you know, the old Bond films and she'd start writing and she'd start writing it in the tone of a Roger Moore film. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 we can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, so she kind of like changed it up. So, yeah, I, I, I really liked kind of that angle from it too. But the, the one that I want to say that I really appreciated with the being James Bond and then this podcast I listened to and I watched a, a BBC radio interview with Daniel Craig as well is that just – Again, the more and more I see of Daniel Craig in interviews, the more and more I just like him as a person. I just think he just seems like a genuinely nice guy who gets a bit misquoted, gets a bit, you know, like uh, in the being James Bond, like he's kind of just that normal guy who just really is not comfortable with celebrity and just he, mm-hmm. a lot of the reason why he didn't want to be James Bond is because of everything that came with it. He almost liked being that unassuming guy who just played bit parts in movies. But I love the story that I think he's told in every single interview I've seen about him getting the role of James Bond yeah. when he was basically in a supermarket. Barbara Broccoli calls him and is basically like, you've got the role, role it's over to you, kid. And that he's alone in a supermarket going, oh, shit. And he's just gone to the alcohol aisle, got himself a bottle of vodka, a bottle of vermouth, gone home and gotten pissed by himself <laughs> drinking vodka martinis because he couldn't share the news with anyone. So yeah. like, I've just got this image of Daniel Craig in like some, you know, slacks and sweater and just chilling at, you know, the local supermarket <laughs> with his fruit and veg and a couple of steaks because he's an eat eat steak, probably rare. And uh, goes <laughs> certainly not well done. <laughs> goes home and celebrates like it's just it's just this image of Daniel Craig. Like, obviously, Rachel wasn't around that night. She must have been off shooting something. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like I just I loved it in the interviews and like obviously he's doing fifty thousand interviews. If he's telling that story fifty thousand times. I heard it three times in the last week or so, but every single time it still sounds fresh and funny. Like he doesn't sound like he gets sick of telling that story. So yeah, yeah I, I, I respect him. I appreciate him. I mean, he's even very forthcoming, isn't he, about uh, in the, the documentary about those infamous slitting my wrist comments. And mm-hmm. was it him or Barbara, Barbara Broccoli said, you know, it's like, would you go to somebody running a marathon in the final kilometres and say, would you ever do this again? Like, of course you exactly. wouldn't. Because they would say, no, of course I'm not going to do this again. So, yeah, just my respect for Daniel Craig just grows and grows every time I, I see him in more things. Yeah, and I think coming out, it's the same thing for me, and I, I love Daniel Craig even before I saw those or heard the podcast, but it's the same for me. Like, I, I absolutely adore the man now because you see how much – he brought to this franchise, you know, how much uh, the contributions were his contributions. And he's not one of these, you know, stuck up actors like, no, it's gotta be my way. He just, he gets what works here. And a lot of the things that have worked in this franchise has been from him. Uh, And you also get a lot of the criticism he's received and so much of it, he's never bothered to comment on before. And and it's not even him. If if it was just him saying, Oh yeah, you know, this is what was going on. That would be one thing, but it's Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson saying, 
Now, let's let's defend Daniel because he doesn't he doesn't care about defending himself. But during the whole Casino Royale thing, you know, during the whole Quantum of Solace and particularly Spectre, when you when you put into context the whole you know, wrist slitting thing, that it wasn't just that he was in the final 200 meters of a marathon. He had that injury, which everybody knew he was shooting injured, but nobody quite realized how bad it was. And you realize that he just had zero fun and nobody would have fun shooting a movie like that. You know, we're talking months of putting off surgery uh, and delivering the performance he delivered in that movie in the condition he was in. I mean, if anything, I appreciate him more for having come out of Spectre. And all he said was, I'd rather slip my wrists, you know? When I, I rewatched Spectre after I watched that being James Bond and just the opening sequence when he's jumping along the roof, I just can't watch that normally now because I'm thinking, oh, his leg's going to buckle. Oh, his leg's going to buckle. There it is. There's How much of the gonna... audio do they come out of going, oh, oh, shit, fuck, shit, There was two things in that documentary that I also loved. I like, yeah, you talk about that honesty around all of the, the negativity that came with the blonde, you know, Craig not Bond and all that kind of website and everything was there. When he basically said that, he sat up all night reading every single comment that mm-hmm. was on that forum. Like, wow. And then he just kind of put it in the back of his mind and went along there. But the other one that I loved too was that him and Hugh Jackman, like Hugh Jackman basically helped him kind of accept the celebrity when he was doing yeah. the Broadway show with him and that he saw how Hugh Jackman reacted with the fans and was so forthcoming and polite with the fans and gave them the time. And Daniel Craig kind of took that on board and was like, okay, well, I might not like this, but this is an engagement thing that I can do. And I mean, that, that just made me smile. Cause I mean, Hugh mm. Jackman was in the, in the running to be Bond. Like he was a, a finalist. He could have very much well, been James Bond. Well, up there. I, I also, I also love though, in the documentary that they start off when they're, they're uh, doing that opening montage and like, Oh, Daniel Craig has beaten out contenders such as Hugh Jackman, Clive Owen. And then you immediately cut to Barbara Broccoli saying Daniel Craig was our only choice like ever like I cast him in 1998 in my mind and eight years later so so <laughs> I think they also kind of address the fact it's like no these other people were never really considered it was Daniel well, Craig and it was I mean Henry Cavill we know yeah, was was actually was, screen tested but wasn't I, I'm pretty sure Hugh Jackman has spoken out saying that they like contacted him and he was like no because I think he said like at the time it was like I was doing the Wolverine thing and I didn't really want to be in another franchising. And I think he's come mm. out and said like, look, I regret that. Like I, I should have pursued it further. Um, and I, I think like people like Julian McMahon and that have said like, yeah, they were contacted or Eric Banner have said they, they were contacted, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know. I, I love that Barbara Broccoli says like it was in Elizabeth, which is 1998 that mm. I saw Daniel Craig and I'm like, this guy can do anything. He should be our James Bond. Like they were committed to him before they ever even spoke to him. And obviously, they, they like any movie, you have to go with your backup choices. But all the more props to Barbara Broccoli, especially, too, that this was her bond. This is what she had in her mind. And through all that negative press and everything, I mean, she was the one who said, no, this is the guy. And how many people just did not believe this guy would work? I mean, the documentary touches on it, I think, to a point, but it still doesn't even put into full context of you and I remember what it was like in 2005, 2006 nothing ben affleck is batman you know michael keaton is batman whatever else female doctor who nothing actually comes close to the negativity of daniel craig as bond and yet Uh, she knew the whole time this is the guy and it worked out obviously brilliantly and i know we talked a lot about now rika i mean i i'm pretty sure i was one of those people like i I wasn't like oh this guy isn't bond i think to me it was more just a case of oh that guy from tomb raider oh okay (laughs) 
Don't know him yeah. much in anything else. Sure. Like, I, I, I was never like, like, this makes me mad. But it was more but of like, just a, I didn't really, I, I was more of a, I was more annoyed that they were rebooting the franchise and that we'd lost Pierce Brosnan. That's all I remember. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I started to learn, like, because I don't even think when Craig was announced, I knew they were rebooting. I'm like, okay, fine. Sad. No more Pierce. But then when all of a sudden I found out that it was rebooted, it was starting a fresh, that, that's what made me mad. Because I was mm-hmm. like, no, like, I don't like this reboot direction. So that I, Craig, it was like, yeah, sure. But uh, they also touch on the fact that, you know, he'd never done a leading role before. I think the only leading role he had was, uh, in, did you ever see Enduring Love? The one with uh, him and, uh, what was it, Reese Siphons? No, I didn't, but I want to, because that's a good it's- combination that I feel I need to see. Uh, Re-siphons, stalking Daniel Craig in love with him. Daniel Craig. Oh. Are we doing that? And after Cowboys and Aliens, is that we the, should. The next one we're doing? That should be our next one. <laughs> but but I mean that that movie I think was his only lead role, and I'm pretty sure that movie came out. Well, that and Layer Cake came out after they'd already been looking at him for Bond, so he hadn't even done. Lead. And there's another reason why you can understand why Daniel Craig was hesitant because he hadn't done leading roles before. Like he was not a leading man, and I can't think of any other Bond. That was in that position, you know, Timothy Dalton had done leading roles. Roger Moore obviously had uh, Sean Connery, even with his little experience he had, he'd done leading roles. Pierce Brosnan, obviously, uh, Lazenby, maybe not, but uh, yeah, a completely untested actor and you throw him in there. And I mean, it, it's, it's hard to watch even Casino Royale because I, I, I've commented many times, but I, I remember that shift of the day before Casino Royale came out. Oh, Craig's not our Bond. And then the day that Casino Royale came out, oh, Craig may be the best Bond to Sean Connery. Which, the yeah, it's interesting with, with all of that because um, there was the, the BBC interview that I saw with him, just kind of how he was kind of talking about that. And then I actually rewatched after Spectre. I watched the 2012 documentary, Everything or Nothing. And it's interesting. They, they don't go into as much detail as they do in um, being James Bond, but they kind of talk a little bit about the backlash and they have Sam Mendes there basically saying that I was contacted by like Entertainment Weekly or Rolling Stone in 2006 to ask my thoughts on Daniel Craig. And he's like, I thought it was terrible. I'm like, no, this guy should not be James Bond. Uh, So like, and then he goes (laughs) on to direct. He had just directed him in Road to Perdition, his biggest role. And and basically he got the, the Spectre and Skyfall gigs because Daniel Craig was like pushing for him. So like, isn't it crazy kind of how that, that turns, but it's the one. The one thing. Uh, this is a weird thing to complain about. It's not really complaining about because I guess it's the times we live in. If we had this media available to us that we did back in two thousand and two, and we knew it was Pierce Brosnan's last film, maybe they would. But we've never really had this sort of level of attention mm-hmm. and kind of like farewell tour of a Bond, have we? And I guess that really does come down to the fact that we know this is his last film. If after yeah. you only live twice, we had the technology available. Maybe they would have done this with Connor. I don't think Connery would have been involved. Connery would have been like, oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but, like, I guess it's a weird – It's uh, okay, I'll take it back. It's not a complaint. It just kind of feels a bit odd because I don't want to say it's disrespectful to the other Bonds because we never kind of got that level of tribute around it. I guess it's just kind of the manner in which Craig's going out, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, if Brosnan went out knowing that Die Another Day was his last film – Maybe we would get a tribute like this. I don't know. Maybe I'll fuck off to another day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's just it feels a bit odd to be going through a movie like this, knowing that it's his last, and we're getting special documentaries on him and this and everything else. It's it's good and bad. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that point. I I, I like it personally. I like that we know that. Okay, let's appreciate it. This is the last time we're going to see him. Uh, it's also good knowing that we're not going to have that surprise you talked about. Oh, what do you mean Pierce isn't coming for Casino Royale? Uh, but, but it's also that, like you said, the times we live in, because 
even though you only live twice, it was not quite an official thing. I mean, Sean Connery was in the middle of shooting that movie, I think, when he started doing interviews saying, yeah, this is my last one. Uh, obviously, Broccoli and Saltzman hadn't quite, you know, uh, uh, come to terms with that yet. And it wasn't a heavily publicized thing. But but I think it's great that we can actually have this movie uh, where we know it also gives me hope that this isn't the end, <laughs> as in the end of James Bond. Uh, that it's the end of the Daniel Craig era. One thing I want to uh, mention from the um, the podcast uh, was um, obviously with, the, the, let, let's just say Dr. No, uh, with the Dr. No thing, uh, Rami Malek uh, on the one episode where they were talking about the villains, where he had commented, uh, kind of loosely said, you know, okay, well, are there going to be any other ties to your character to past movies? He goes, well, there will be. It's like, I don't want to comment. Uh, I've read some rumors on the internet, though. Like, he just sort of left it at that. And the funny thing is, that should probably lead you to believe more, yes, this is going to be Dr. No, which is what we keep saying. But it's actually kind of leading me in the other direction, where I'm thinking this is going to be the way that, you know, Spectre was, oh, this is totally going to be Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And then you watch the movie, you're like, oh, well, I see they connected the dots there, but it's not quite the same thing. I'm actually thinking more than ever now that this is not specifically going to be my name is Dr. No, but it's going to be okay. It's the same type of character, the same type of plot, everything about it's the same, but that we're just not going to call him Dr. No. Well, you ruined one of my questions that I've flat out asked Noah before, but maybe we can touch on that now. But I, I brought up slightly with Noah before that I watched a, I, I, I wish I knew the name of the, the YouTube channel that I watched, but it was kind of like a, final predictions like is he dr no and they kind of went through the pros and cons and much more of a pros and cons and they mentioned about how in the one of the trailers you see like a garden and it's like the garden of evil that's in one of the books i, I listened to the book episode recently and you and noah talked about uh, i think it's you only live twice novel that yeah. they have like a a garden Wolfhold, that, yeah. yeah yeah so they were kind of talking about there and they were sort of talking about like maybe he's shatterhand or whatever his name is and maybe kind of this is going to throw people around there but um yeah i, I didn't listen to that specific podcast I, I read a bunch of comments about how sort of Remy Malik's kind of teasing a little bit but I mean again maybe that's the thing where it's like again he's teasing people so people believe it and then all of a sudden yeah it's like and my real name is Frank oh <gasps> Frank <laughs> there he is Jack um, <laughs> but like I mean Noah and I talked about this before and I'll bring it up with you it it comes from a place where it's like I, I mean look I believe he's Dr. No I, I'm standing by the fact I think he's Dr. No but as exciting and weird and cool as that would be, we would then live in a Craig era where essentially we've only had one original villain, haven't we? Like Lashif from the book, like first time we've really seen him in a Eon production, but I mean, we've seen him in the screen before, right? Like it's kind of, he's he's been around the universe before, <laughs> obviously Blofeld, and then Doctor No. So like Silver's the only original villain. Green? That has come up. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> Shut up! Um, <laughs> Spectre can forget about him, so can Ben. Um, but fine, two out of, well, still, two out of five. It's <laughs> so appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Literally couldn't even remember Green. Um, did I mention him before when I was talking to Noah? You can tell I've rec we've recorded these two halves like five yeah. days apart, right? Um, but, like, part of me then kind of wants him to just still be Saffin, right, and just kind of this original villain and kind mm -hmm. of unique because this is, I don't, want us to just keep moving forward and having every new movie now where expect here's Scaramanga, you know, here's Mr. Big, here's Gustav Graves. Like, just 
bring us new people. Like, that's what's great about Bond when we get new villains. And okay, you've brought back Blofeld. He's the one that you do bring back. But I don't know. I just, I would like to think that cool Dr. No, but just if that's going to be the case, stop it there. Like, Idris Elba comes in, he's fighting Jack Smiggins. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I don't mind if they bring in these villains, but I do think they need to put a spin on it. it we can never get to the point where you're just remaking the original movies. But being able to take inspiration from things because it, only now when I'm all, not even halfway through my rewatch uh, with what. <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't worry, yeah. Mr. Not eight, doing his homework. Eight, well, it's, uh, it's not completely my fault. We'll talk oh, about that. Oh, here we too, go. But, this uh, is what I said at the beginning of this. Oh, Colin's going to come in and make it his excuses. <laughs> but uh, I've got children. I've got a wife. <laughs> I've got a real yeah. job. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. I can't even do. I can't even do this podcast on the weekend without having people call me. <laughs> How am I supposed to watch through all these movies? But um, but yeah, if 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 they would just put spins on it and use things that aren't in the novels, like as I'm going through all these movies again, I'm realizing how few times they actually really adapted a book. You know, Doctor No, uh, from Russia with Love, Goldfinger to an extent, Thunderball to an extent, uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and that's it. Everything else, they'll take one or two elements from the book, which leaves 80% that hasn't been adapted. So I'd be okay with, as I was saying, you know, this villain's name is Safin, but we're using all the things about Dr. No that they didn't include in the movie or things that they couldn't include because of the times or whatever. Uh, and as you get into the further books where they use it less and less, I mean, you do have a lot more opportunity to do a Mr. Big the way that it was in the, or a Scaramanga the way that it was in the book, but not in the movie. And look, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I haven't read the books. Ah, funny. But like, I, I would be down for that because, I mean, we talked over on the Oz Network download now when it came to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. They actually used some elements from the Lost World in the novel and they, they've used elements from the Jurassic mm. Park, the two Jurassic Park novels in all of the, the subsequent sequels, which I love. Like, I love the fact that they're still touching on Michael Crichton's original material. So I'm, I'm completely down for that too. I think kind of having just listened to the book episode, the first one that you and Noah did, like, the stories and things that have never been used sound really interesting. I, I'm with Noah. I would like them to use all the titles of all the Fleming Flittermouse. stories. Fl- absolutely, I want Flittermouse <laughs> with Idris Elba. I still kind of want that. For I mean, we were talking about that as Bond twenty five. Uh, you know, Bond twenty six <laughs> still could happen. But um, yeah, what like Shatterhands? What property of a lady? Uh, yeah. What else haven't we had? Double uh, O Seven in New York. In New York. <laughs> sure. Well, Sean Lynch in New York. They'll rename that one to be. Um, but yeah, I I'm down for that. I just. Again, repeating myself before, but I just, I I would like to think kind of moving forward too, and this is for our future Bond episode when we do Who Will the Next James Bond Be, that I would like them to try and just kind of go back to a solo movie being like, they don't always have to interconnect them so much like they're done. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of hope that after No Time to Die, that's just your your five movie arc where all of these movies are connected. And like, I know you've talked about before how like, Dr. No, Goldfinger, you know, from Russia, they're sort of connected. Like, they are still telling us the same story, but they're not so heavily reliant. I mean, that's one thing I got from the podcast and all these things. It's like, Craig's like, I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap up the story that we're telling. Okay, cool. I get it. That's kind of how cinema works now with franchises and that. But I'm totally down if we just get Bond 26, Idris Elba walks in, Bond, here's your mission. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Let's go on with it. And then, like, Bond 27 comes along and, you know, Idris Elba walks in and goes, a giant space laser destroying North Korea. Okay, we're back to that again. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm, I'm down for just my, my subsequent solo films that are loosely connected and not so tied in. Okay, so but here's my confusion. 
Casino Royale to Quantum, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, you're mentioning Vesper in there, the two movies are their own entities. They are loosely connected as far as plot goes. You know, you don't have any mention of Quantum in the first one. Uh, Skyfall, it only becomes connected when you get to Spectre. Spectre, the one that you rank the highest by far, is that movie that connected all these without Spectre. We have a loosely connected this movie to this movie story arc the way that the Connerys and the Lazenby was. Yeah, I'm a contradictory person. You should know that by now. I'm a massive hypocrite. I get what you're saying. I do. But what I enjoy about Spectre isn't necessarily the fact that it's so connected to the other three movies. I'm not going like, oh, I rank this so highly because I love how it connects everything. It's more about the fact that this is a modern, fun, normal Bond film. And then that's maybe the one element of it I don't particularly like. Like, I I see what they're doing. It's unique. It's different. It's something. But I just feel the Bond franchise doesn't need to go the route of an MCU where everything has to be tied into each other. You can have loose connections. Mm. Like you can have this, you can have that, but the Craig era is always going to be defined by the fact that they're so much more connected than any other film. Like here's, I get it. It's a universe they've built, but like, this is the thing when you change bonds, you, you never ever keep like, okay, Connery going after Blofeld. You could argue is what happened at the end of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Roger Moore seeing the grave of Tracy, even Dalton in License to Kill. He was married once. Okay, they're connecting them. But like when Brosnan starts, biggie, big, 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 pardon, forgot to knock. Like they're not like all of a sudden going like, oh, how's Lupe? What's the blinking fish doing last week? Like it's kind of, you know what you're getting. And I want that to happen with Idris Elba, Bond 26. Boom, <laughs> we've established it. He's a double O agent. Oh, boo-hoo, Vesper died. Madeline's probably dead. Just going on that. But I'm ranting. I'm just, I'm getting on you my You are ranting. Horses. Just shut up, I'm going to talk about this for six fucking weeks. Oh, we get to go see No Time to Die. We get to talk about it. I don't get to, so shut up. <laughs> you're just going to be watching porn anyways. <laughs> don't fool us into thinking you'd be watching Wrong Bond. with that? <laughs> Bond porn. Hey, it'll come. there's a parody out there. Maybe we can review that. <laughs> Episode 103. Um, you know, a, a couple things. One, in the novels, they're not, they're, they're basically like the movies. They're loosely connected. But you would start the movies kind of the way you, you joked we should have started, uh, you know, Goldeneye. Oh, what about Lupe, the, the blinking fish? The novels often would do that. It would be Bond saying like, oh, yeah. And then uh, things with Tiffany Case didn't quite work out because of this and this and this. And uh, the next one, it's like, oh, and then uh, Tanya decided she was going to go off and, you know, um, I don't know, become a dressmaker uh, in Australia. <laughs> I'm buying it. Sign me up. <laughs> but, but they would connect the dots from one to the other like that. Um, but I think that the fact that they thought Spectre was going to be Daniel Craig's last movie, or at least we're preparing for that, is the reason that we have this closely connected franchise. Because I 100% believe if Daniel Craig had said, no, you know what, I'll, I'll probably come back for a fifth one. They wouldn't have gone all out with having to connect all the dots in Spectre because they would have felt like we have time to wrap this up later on. And I think that would have connected to the originals because then we would have had these loosely connected stories. And if we all think about what the ideal, I know you and Noah are much higher on Diamonds Are Forever. Sadly, Noah even more than you, but you're both much higher on Diamonds Are Forever. But I think we can all agree that even if you like Diamonds Are Forever, imagining a world where we got a proper follow-up to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, they would have done the same thing that I think they're doing in No Time to Die now, which is we're going to tie up these six, seven movies and really tie everything together and make it an appropriate ending. Uh, I, I love the thought of them doing that every once in a while. You know, we have this long story arc we've been telling, and now we're going to wrap it up. If they had done that with Diamonds Are Forever, 
I think Diamonds Are Forever would have probably been the same as what we're getting from No Time to Die. Look, again, I feel like I'm being a hypocrite by saying, like, I don't necessarily disagree with everything. I am a massive hypocrite. But, like, the thing that kind of stood out, I think it was Barbara Broccoli in that podcast said that, like, oh, we needed to bring Daniel back to wrap up the storyline. Like, that to me is not the Bond franchise. Like, they, they don't say, we need to bring Pierce back for Die Another Day because the, you know, the elect, like, a Bond film to me should be, like, A to B to C to D to E, all the way to Z. And then basically everything's wrapped up with maybe a few things that you can dangle. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like your your stock standard cop show, your, your network cop show that you just got your episode where you're cool and there's a few things that tie them together every now and then that you'll get in the finale. And, like, that's, like, where I'm a hypocrite when you hear our coverage of, say, like, the DCEU and the MCU. I, I've always kind of said, like, oh, sometimes I wish the DCEU would connect themselves a little bit more like the MCU does. But then kind of now I'm like, no, because I love the fact that pretty much all the all the DCEU films are standalone films and, with very loose connections. And we complain about how the MCU, oh, we have to tie it into this for no reason whatsoever. I, I think, I think like, I think on a level where it's like, I do like things being tied together. I do like continuity. I, I There's plenty of franchises that I love for doing that. TV shows, movies, I love that. I guess my overarching point is, to me, Bond isn't that franchise. It's like when they say, we're going to have a Bond EU. We're going to have a, a spin-off movie of Money Penny. We're going to have a spin-off Blofeld. No, to me, Bond doesn't do that. That's not yeah. a Bond. Fr- I don't want Bond spin-offs. I no don't. Jinx movie. No, like I like like I'm like as much as I would have loved it, I'm glad we never got it because to me, Bond isn't a franchise. It's the James Bond franchise. Who are we watching? James Bond. That I, sells itself. I have a theory on that because uh, you mentioned Barbara Rockley's comments, which she says in every interview we've seen with her recently, uh, which is, oh yeah, the story's not wrapped up. We have more story to tell here. Uh, I fully believe that is a line that she fed Daniel Craig to get him back for another movie because they wanted Daniel Craig back because we went through, even with adjusted grosses, the Daniel Craig movies outgross most Conneries. Like, and we're not even talking because tickets cost more now, you know, based on ticket sales, the amount of people going to these, these are the biggest movies ever. Uh, They wanted him back for that reason, because they also talk about how, Oh yeah, we kept struggling with the the story from this movie. What's the story going to be? It's not like she had an idea in her head. And the other thing that I I think you said, you didn't listen to the episode on the allies and villains. Uh, But when they interviewed Naomi Harris, they talk about uh, how they got her to do the movie. And they said, okay, so we want you to come in for bond. She thought she was auditioning to play a bond girl. And they said, okay, this role is actually going to be money penny, but it's going to be money penny with a twist. We're going to have her in the field. We're going to have her do this. I feel like we're unfortunately at a point where we're not the way. The funny thing is back in the nineties, two thousands salaries is what got actors into movies. The the, the whole $20 million club, you know, Jim Carrey, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Mel Gibson. Like these were like the first guys, Will Smith, the first people to demand $20 million. They didn't care what the movie was. Of course they wanted a good movie, but they wanted that $20 million check. Nowadays, you have to really make it worth the actors worthwhile because actors, unfortunately, aren't going to open to big box office in most cases. It doesn't matter who the actor is. People go to see the movie, but you want to that actor so that you can publicize the movie and bringing in Daniel Craig with that that hook of we have more story to tell, I think, was her way of saying, OK, how do you get an actor who's not interested in doing this interested in doing it again? You play two, we're going to have a good role, which is the same. They basically admit that's the same way they got Naomi Harrison for Money Penny because by the end of Skyfall, she is just the Money Penny we saw before, you know? Uh, but they they give that hook of, oh, we're going to have a really meaty story and, and character for you, so you'll want to do this. 
You know, the one thing actually, which we've never really touched on, but it's interesting to point out. And again, it's it, obviously no one can predict COVID and the pandemic, but can you imagine if this, <laughs> clearly smarty pants, but can, can you imagine if this was Idris Elba's first, you know, film or Henry Cavill's <laughs> first film? Like imagine like how much they would be shitting themselves over that because at least like they've got the whole Craig final film yeah. thing they can fall back on everything. But like, they would, I reckon they would be delaying this film even more because they would want to set it off on, like, is Henry Cavill's Idris Elba's first Bond adventure. Like, setting it out in a pandemic where you can barely make any money off it. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to think how fucked they would be then. Like, you wonder if they, they probably wouldn't have delayed it back in 2019. But, um, yeah, I mean, God, we, we well, possibly dodged a bullet there. Well, that's another thing, just with the movie being released finally, uh, they're still For taking some. a hit. <laughs> For some. They're still taking a hit on this. Uh, if you look at the, the box office of the top three highest grossing movies this year, A Quiet Place Part Two, Black Widow, and um, uh, Shang-Chi, none of those movies are making you know, $250, $300 million, which still would be considered low for those movies if you're releasing this in 2019. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the box office dollars for this are going to be, but I feel like at this point they're like, we need to just cut our losses. We need to get this movie out there. We need to move on. Now's the right time to minimize what we could lose on this movie. We'll make a profit. It's not going to be what we could have made. But I'm curious if they would have delayed this more. It would have hurt too because uh, we, we uh, saw in the documentary, I think it was um, Michael G. Wilson was talking about how big Casino Royale was when it came out and that it was like the highest grossing Bond movie or one of the highest grossing Bond movies of all time. And he said, just imagine what we could have done without all that negative press behind the blonde Bond. And that's 100% true. Uh, If you had a new Bond and you debuted them during a pandemic, people aren't going to say, oh, well, the pandemic is what hurt the box office office. People are sitting here criticizing Suicide Squad for bombing and meanwhile, it's making the same amount of money that most movies make that are being released on HBO Max and in theaters. This isn't like with Disney where we're going to like, oh, well, it's not making the same as Black Widow. Well, Black Widow, they're charging people $35 to watch it on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. HBO Max is free. So, so a lot more people are going to be able to see a movie like that. But every movie is being judged now, even if you're being released in a pandemic. Whoever the Bond was could be the greatest Bond ever. And this pandemic probably would have killed their chances. So in that sense, I'm glad that it is Daniel Craig's last because people are just going to appreciate the movie. They're not going to be analyzing so much, oh, this is how much money it made. A couple of things because we're, we're, we're stretching the fact that this combined episode is going to go for like three hours. Holy fucking crap, how was that a thing? It's we still should... shorter than a rankings. Well, some of them. Um, the the one line that I did like in that podcast when the, the interviewer was like, oh, so have you started looking for the next bond like i love the political barbara broccoli like oh no we're just going to wait for this to settle and then maybe we'll come to that fuck oh. off like you you've they've got you ideas know who it head. is and come like on. This, she she also admitted daniel craig was her choice in 1998 to succeed pierce for husband and even that the dust settle on tomorrow never dies yeah. you're halfway through <laughs> filming the world of love oh daniel craig poor pierce brosnan's gone who's this <laughs> nothing no one <laughs> Keep filming. What's that shirtless background on your your laptop there, Barbara? Nobody. It's I mean, you. We just photoshopped a blonde wig on you. <laughs> was it her or was it Michael or Daniel in that episode? Were basically saying about how I liked how they said it. Like when you get the role of Bond, you know it's not a lifetime job. You know that it's kind of got yeah. an expiry date, and you kind of you sort of just know. But yeah, like I mean, I, to me, and again, we'll do this post No Time to Die, but. They've got to have some sort of script or some plan. I mean, there's been such a delay. I can't imagine that they're going to 
surely there's only going to be a two, three-year gap. I want Ben yeah. and Colin and Noah to play this clip in 2024 when we're all laughing. Like, I've been listening to our episodes from 2016 when we're basically saying, like, oh, surely we're not going to have to wait. Like, you know, if we don't have a film by, like, 2018, like, we're going to, you know, here we are, 2021, still waiting for it. But, I mean, they can't, they surely cannot be sitting around waiting for this amount of time. Yeah, obviously they can't start production on something new because there's budgets that have to be approved and all that. Nobody's going to approve, yeah, let's let you shoot another $500 million movie before we've gotten any returns on the first one. But there's things that they can do, like, you know, let's map out a story. Uh, mm. I, I, I think that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was brought in to also set up the next movie too. So I think that she's probably already working on what the next script is going to be. Maybe she's not writing the script, but they're tossing around story ideas. And you know that they're discussing actors at least. You know, they're not calling people in or anything like that, but they, they at least are amongst themselves being like, so Michael, what do you think about uh, Henry Cavill? Oh, I think he's great, but he's no Idris Elba. They're like, hmm, Idris Elba's <laughs> a little bit young. I think we might want to go for a man in his 60s this time instead of 50s. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's ideas being thrown around. I think we'll have a much quicker turnaround. <laughs> this is where we're going to be quoted. We'll have, I think we'll have a much quicker turnaround. But I mean, 2023, 2024, we're probably going to see Bond 26. That's my guess. We obviously are going to be doing a Who is the Next Bond episode at some point in 2022. I think maybe we can look at doing that after our No Time to Die official recap, potentially around the March-April period. But I'm guessing that's when it's going to come out. Probably in Australia, it'll come out like fucking October or something like that. I don't know, but uh, obviously well, we'll do that. We, we, we haven't even talked about that. But right now, it's looking like No Time to Die will be available on you know Blu-ray and digital by December. Oh, really? And- <laughs> Yeah, that wow. they've, they've said very quick turnaround. I may as well just not see it in the movies. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray <laughs> before I can see it in the cinemas. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, you're saying very quick turnaround, but for me and Noah, that's going to be standard time. But yeah, I was thinking for you, you're looking at what, what's the day? November 12th. So November you, 11th. Yeah, 11th. Okay, so you're looking at four to six weeks, and then you'll be able to see this on Blu-ray. Which it's funny because in listening to our Spectre recap, obviously that was when you had gotten it on Blu-ray and we hadn't gotten it yet. So clearly Noah and I had downloaded it because we're the whole episode. I mean, no, we didn't. What I'm talking about? We're like, oh, we watched it on our <laughs> Blu-ray version. So, um, well, look, maybe we'll be able to do our recap in December. There's a Christmas present to look forward to. Just one quick thing I wanted to say on the the BBC interview on YouTube. I think the headline is literally like. Daniel Craig gives advice to the next Bond. Don't be shit, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but in that, like, it's not Bond related, but he actually talks a little bit about how he got the role in Star Wars and kind of what I'd never seen an interview with him talking about being on Star Wars. So I, that's a cool little um, carrot there for people if they want to see it. I want to talk about the rankings and when we get that. But the, oh, I want to talk about the rankings. I've got to ask you some quick fire questions that I gave tonight. I'm not going to remember all the ones I asked Noah, but final chance to say this, Colin. Is Safin Dr. No? I'm going to say in spirit only, but not identified in the movie. Okay. So he's unidentified. We shouldn't assume his character. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's 2021. Don't assume yeah, exactly <laughs> character. Uh, what else did I ask? Will he's James Bond he's, he's die? Binary Dr. No. Binary. Um, <laughs> will, will James Bond die? No. No. Um, will James Bond return? Fuck, I asked. Oh, the, I don't think this is one of the questions I'm going to ask you. They, will the song improve with the title credits? No. 
<laughs> no. I actually, I will say, um, to, to date how we've filmed, uh, recorded this episode, I think I said to Noah the other day on the, the first part, which people only just heard, I hadn't listened to No Time to Die since it got released. I actually I put my Bond playlist on the other day, die, the other day, <laughs> and it started playing, and I'm literally going, What's this song? Why is this on yeah. my James Bond play? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, um, I did the I, same thing. I'm I gonna was say waiting. this. Oh, well, you were waiting. Um, gonna say this, and you can shut me down. I liked it a lot better than I remembered. I was like, oh, I'm the opposite. Okay, I, I, I kept waiting for it, and I think I forgot the fact that we we heavily criticized the song. It never takes off. It's just sort of like an intro yeah. that never ends. Uh. I was listening to it. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember this song. Like, I remember nothing about this. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, it never took off. And I think that's why writing's on the wall. It improves when you watch the the credit sequence. I'm okay. I'll I'll change my answer a bit. I think that this will slightly improve, but it's not even going to be like a writing's on the wall thing because the song is just so dreary that I can't even I can't picture what credits are going to be crazy enough. We're not going to have the octopus tentacles and everything to really enhance this because I don't think it can be enhanced. I, I would definitely agree with you. Like, it, it never picks up and it, it still frustrates me how it ends because it's, it's kind of like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and then it just ends and you hear that ding and you're like, well, that's it. I'm, I'm also a little bit curious because I think I talked about in our Casino Royale recap that uh, I heard the You Know My Name song a couple of times before Casino Royale mm. came out, but I never heard the version with the horns. Mm-hmm. So I doubt that that they're holding out for, oh, here's a different version that's only played during the movie. Uh, but maybe we're going to get like, a, a, you know, my name where they're holding out on the full version until the, the movie actually comes out. I th- Yeah, I, I think I, I, I would, I'm literally at the moment of recording this. Well, not right now I'm recording this, but I've been listening to the song rankings episode. That's a fun episode to listen to. And um, I think I had writings on the wall at like 18th or 17th. I had the highest. <laughs> and... I mean, look, I don't know where I would rank this not that much higher than Writings on the Wall. It wouldn't be a top 10 song, but I don't know. It just kind of improved. I watched a YouTube, another YouTuber channel who ranked the songs and I wanted to send it. Maybe I will send it to you and Noah because I'm watching this and he starts off at like, because he actually ranks uh, Mango Tree. Like he includes Mango Tree <laughs> in his list. But then he's like, oh, and here we go. The last song. This is the only Bond song that isn't a Bond song. I hate it. It's terrible. Should never be in a Bond. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It was another way to die. He had like die another oh. day at like 14th. And I'm like, ah, oh, win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his number one was You Know My Name. Then he had, I think he had No Time to Die at two. Like, he literally had it. Like, what? at number freaking two. He had writings in the wall at, like, five. Like, he like he obviously liked a certain type oh, of music. All these so hipsters. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, he's an entertaining guy. Like, the video was fun to watch. But anyway, I'll, I'll find it. Um, was there another question I was going to... I People are listening. Ben, you just asked yeah. us to know her, but it's been, like, five days. Um... All right, I'm gonna. I'll ask you conclusion questions for No Time to Die. I don't usually ask questions on this show. We usually We're just talk share about the, the rankings. Load. I'm getting this. Shut up! I'm getting it. Hey, Let me do my job. This is why uh, these go for three hours. <laughs> so, obviously, the reason why this episode has gone so long is I think Noah and I took like an hour to go through our rankings redux because we did our homework. We did our job. Oh, I've got a wife. I've got kids. Cool. Um, but so. Again, what we said earlier in the episode is that we, Noah and I ranked them live. So we hadn't seen, I'd seen Noah's rankings previously, but he even changed them on air. I then said on that episode, on that part, the same episode, Ben, I said in that part of the episode that as soon as we stop recording, Noah and I will send you our rankings without any yeah. context, <laughs> to which we did. 
because that is why we wanted to do it. So you've got that reaction of not hearing that first part of the episode to hear the context. And you're literally looking at me like, Ben, I want to fucking murder you because you've seen where I've ranked things. (laughs) So I guess give me your reactions. I mean, Noah's are probably fine in your eyes, but uh, come on, Uh, Colin, you've been waiting a few days to rip into me for my rankings. I I just, okay. I want to ask you a quick question here before we start this. Give me your top three Bonds, like as far as actors go. Actors as Bond. Who are your top three of all time? Well, I, I, I just re-listened to this episode. So I've ranked in that episode Brosnan, Connery, then Dalton. But like I, I, I'm saying right now, if we did a Redux episode tomorrow, I probably would put Dalton at number two. So here's my confusion. I mean, <laughs> nobody... He's so angry. He's so angry. He wants to yell at me. I, I'll tell you I, why in a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, I I I'll, I don't even want to get to your numbers three through six because I think Noah even said something. It's like I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Ben's three through six. It's almost like my bottom three through six. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I think it is. It's it's more Roger Moore. Um, <laughs> nobody is ever going to say Sean Connery isn't the greatest Bond of all time, or at least up there as one of the greatest Bonds of all time. Your highest ranked Sean Connery film is thirteen, and it's Diamonds Are Forever. The next highest is Goldfinger at 15. You have Goldfinger in your bottom 10, and that's your second highest Sean Connery movie? Okay, so again, what we said in that the first part of this episode, it's not that these movies got worse. Goldfinger didn't get worse for me. From Russia With Love didn't get worse for me. Other movies just got better for me. And as, as Noah and I explained too, and, and no, 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 please listen to the first half of our episode, Colin, because Noah gives a, please, <laughs> Noah gives a really good sort of speech. Like he gets on his soapbox and he stands up because he basically says, and I'm talking because he, he's complimenting me. Take a step me. back, man. <laughs> he, he, he said that one thing he appreciates about my opinions is that I own my opinions. And it comes down to the fact that these are my opinions. Like if we were to sit here and go, okay, these are our top 24 movies. But if we were to literally say, what are the best 24? Like, what to, are the, like, mm-hmm. the best films? Like, And I wouldn't put these movies in that order. Like, these are my favourites. I know we marketed it as Favourite versus these. best, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's where I come from. And, like, when it comes to, again, these movies, like, the, the Daltons just shot up so much. I mean, I've always liked the Daltons, but I, I watch The Living Daylights. I'm like, holy crap, why do I not love this movie so much? This is so good. And the reason I say I would move Dalton up to number two, to me, Dalton is 100% perfect. He does not have a bad Bond film. <laughs> He's so good in both his films, whereas Connery is not 100% perfect. But if you were to say who is the best Bond based on best and not favourite... Connery's still probably number two. I would still argue for Brosnan being number one. It's but just his best movie is only halfway down your list. <laughs> I think like, I, I knew like I knew you were going to have this round, and that's fine. But like, and like, you can explain why you haven't done yours. I want to hear your bloody excuses. But um, again, as I said, like the these movies did not like I I explained that really the bottom four, so twenty one through to twenty four, are the ones where I'm just kind of like eh, and like I don't want to say they're bad films because I would watch Moonraker over probably any MCU movie. You know, to me, there's still a Bond movie I'm going to love. I would watch Moonraker yeah. over three of the Star Wars movies, two of the, two of the Star Wars movies. Bro, yeah, I'm going to love these films no matter what. But to me, there are 20 Bond films which I love, and there are four which I'm like, eh. So mm-hmm. that's where, like, even like I hate that I have For Your Eyes Only at 20. I hate that. I really, really hate that I have that. I was so going to ask about that. 
I love that movie. I moved up, like, Octopussy, Doctor No, Live and Let Die were the big ones to me where I'm like, wow, why did I ever hate on these movies? These are actually really entertaining. But it was just the the Dalton ones just went zoom. Like, they went so high up for me. And Spectre, yeah, I mean, love it. Love, love, love Spectre. And whereas my top two nearly again changed. I nearly put Gold Knight number one, but I'm like, no, World is Enough is so good. So, anyway, there's my rant. Sorry. I mean, no, looking at Noah's list, it's basically what I expect from Noah. I, I am really scratching my head at You Only Live Twice's ranking at 17 <laughs> for him. Um, at, at the same time, he's got Spectre one spot higher, and he's not very kind to Spectre. Um, Moonraker being at 12 for Noah, I can't remember where he ranked it originally, but I thought so that I've, he was I've actually, I'll just interrupt you. So what I've done on our website, which we'll publish this with this article, we'll put TBC for Colin, and then eventually when Colin <laughs> does his, we'll do our overall rankings and we'll put it under our rankings tab. So I've actually done what I did on our Redax episode where I've kind of put the positions moving here because Noah and I, earlier in this episode, we discussed what was our biggest mover. So Noah's biggest mover was Live and Let Die and Dr. No, which both went up four. And yeah, Dr. Biggest... No is top three for him. Wow. Because he basically was saying, and people listening to this going, Ben, why are you repeating what we just heard like two hours ago? Um, he was basically saying like, look, I, I've always said that Dr. No is better than Goldfinger, so why do I have to feel like I need to rank it to fit in with this? Like, no, this is my opinion. I'm going to own it. His biggest drop was Spectre. So Spectre went down five spots, whereas mine, so Living Daylights went up nine spots. Licensed Secure went up eight spots. <laughs> and my biggest drop was Casino Royale went down six spots. And Goldfinger and From Russia With Love went down five. So Live and Let Die went up six spots. There's a big leap. Yeah. Well, like, here's the other thing. We've been talking a lot about in the last couple of weeks, oh, loosely mentioning yeah this movie is going to go up way high in my rankings this one's going to and then i look at the list and a lot of those movies we've been talking about it's like it's gone up a couple spots but a couple spots is a lot uh for me even more so so kind of transitioning to my rankings here um when we did our original episode uh where we ranked it and then after everything had settled we you know let's let's revise our rankings uh i only swapped two movies and i've over the years, always sort of looked at it, and I've never really had a lot of shuffling in my rankings. Uh, this is the third time I've started watching the Bond franchise since No Time to Die was really supposed to come out. Uh, <laughs> the first time, I think I got up to uh, Octopussy. Second time, I got up to Spy Who Loved Me. And this time, I'm now up to Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, now, one of the things that happened is Jamie came on and said, oh, I'll rewatch all these movies because she hasn't seen most of these since she watched them the first time, probably before we were married. So we're talking almost 10 years. Uh, so now I'm watching it with her, which it's interesting to get her take uh, <laughs> as we're going along as well. Uh, but uh, we got like a home theater projector, which has really enhanced watching movies. And all the other times where I watch it, when you see a movie a million times, it's sort of playing in the background. And even if you are doing nothing else, you're just watching the movie, you know it by heart and you're not really paying such close attention. Being able to watch it on, even if it's a home theater, big screen has really changed the experience of watching. Now, the second part is it really sucks when you have to interrupt that halfway through a movie, which is the way you typically watch a movie before you'd yeah. watch half a movie and then, Oh, I'll finish this up tomorrow night. I'm hating doing that now because I'm loving just to watch it start to finish. And I'm finding even just in watching the first couple Connery movies, that a lot of my opinions were, whether or not my rankings have changed, I don't know. They, they, my, my opinions were being altered quite a bit by being able to see it 
in a bigger screen in, in a different light and having that more more focus on it now you add to that um we put our kids to bed seven o'clock for the twins seven thirty for casper uh if we're lucky we have enough time to finish one movie but that's if everybody goes to bed now you add on top of that uh somebody starts crying somebody you know oh, won't Jamie. go to bed is be exactly yeah. Sammy starts crying. <laughs> uh and then you add to that are we gonna watch a bond movie every night or every once in a while jamie like no i want to watch this instead uh, that's my jamie impression, Jamie impression. i'm from so, Wyoming. <laughs> so yeah it's taking us a lot longer to get through this um uh, now last night we were this close to watching The Spy Who Loved Me, and Jamie said, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to be able to stay awake for this entire movie because we also have children who, even though you put them to bed at 7.30, will sometimes wake up at 5.30 in the morning and decide to wake everybody else up. Or, like happened uh, over the weekend, uh, wake up because they have to go to the bathroom. Jamie, not even realizing what's going on, <laughs> thinks that it's morning already and says, go downstairs. Cause I'm, I'm asleep on the couch because I'm just, you know, can't deal with the noise up there. Go downstairs, see daddy. And I'm like, Jamie, what are you doing? It's one 30 in the morning. I thought it was six 30 in the morning. No, it's one 30 in the morning. Now we've got a kid who won't go to bed for two hours. Yeah, a lot of things interfere, but the most important thing being, I really want to be able to focus on these movies because it is changing my opinion. And I'll just sort of give a bit of a tease here of some of the things I've sort of always thought man with the golden gun was like a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, I love the movie. And every time I want to rank these things, I'm always like, man with a golden gun's better than this. And then I watch the movie and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. And that's oh. one of the ones I'm struggling with the most. Really? Uh, because we, well, here's the thing, I talked about that always going up. We were like, God, this movie, why does it get so much hate? It's so good. And this, this is where I'm always sort of divided on something like man with a golden gun, because I feel like the last half hour, 45 minutes, that movie is so strong, but the first hour, at least, it, it really is just, oh, let's throw one random thing after the other, which we've criticized You Only Live Twice for. So now I'm sort of thinking, okay, do I fairly have to rank this in the way I rank You Only Live Twice, where it's also the same thing? The ending is really great, but it has a lot of that random stuff. Uh, or do I just say, you know, I enjoy the last half hour, 45 minutes. I haven't even gotten to World Is Not Enough yet, but I kind of have a feeling that World Is Not Enough might go down for me. Um <gasps> And, Colin, and that, no, you're my friend to, on that movie. Well, but, but and, and I'm not going to say it's going to go terribly down because this is one of these things where, you know, we've been talking about, oh, this one's going to move up a lot and it moves up three or four spots. You know, that's still a lot when it comes to these movies. But I think just my appreciation for GoldenEye has improved so much. Whereas I think those were originally back to back for me. It was World's Not Enough one spot higher. Maybe now it's going to be the opposite. Maybe now World's Not Enough is going to be one or two spots lower than GoldenEye. Um, you Only Live Twice is definitely <laughs> staying where it is. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of like you. I've got my four that are my bottom. I'm unshaken on those bottom. We'll see if that changes when I get to License to Kill and Die Another Day, which are my bottom two. Die but uh, You Only Live <laughs> Twice and Diamonds Are Forever in no way improved me. If anything, they got worse. It's just simply a matter of whether License to Kill and Die, die Another Day are going to potentially get better for me. As I said to Noah, I so wanted to put Diamonds Are Forever in my top ten. I just, I just couldn't. But um, yeah, like we just we mentioned earlier in the episode about how we've almost got our pairings of like defense for films. Like Noah and I, we're defending Diamonds Are Forever, where you're hating on it. You and I, are the world is not enough. Well, apparently not anymore. Um, <laughs> whereas Noah's hating on it, and it's kind of you and Noah are probably more Moonraker, and I'm sort of hating on it. So. Um, it's sort of, I like how we've got these little pairings, little alliances yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of works that way. 
Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll publish this updated list that obviously you heard Noah and I rattle on a lot earlier on. But once Colin's done his, uh, we'll we'll update it. But at the moment, you'll see Colin TBC, and we won't make it like the pre-title sequences where Noah's still TBC on that. And because uh, I want I want to have our overall rankings, and then maybe when we get to No Time to Die, and it's kind of be interesting to see where that ends up, uh, kind of on our overall ranking. And the other thing too, which I think is important, is as I said earlier. I obviously watched all of these films pretty much consecutively over, you know, 24 days, maybe a couple of breaks. Yeah, I even watched two in one day at some point. Whereas when we first ranked them, we did that, what, over like six months, eight months? Yeah. So it was a lot more spread out. So to mm-hmm. me, when they're well, so that's close about how to long, each other. That's how long mine's going to take to rank anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. This is your last chance right now, Colin. I gave this to Noah. Now's your last chance. Here's the floor. Make sure you go through the door. That's not writing on the wall, but uh, I've been here before on the floor. Skyfall, Goldfinger. I'm just having a stroke. <laughs> I'm like, just you actually, I wish people could see the hand gestures. Like you have this big shirt, like Goldfinger. Goldfinger. How am I going to save myself? I'm going to play this. Oh, God. Whew. It's been a while. Diamonds um, are forever. <laughs> it's Catherine Hepburn doing Shirley Bassey. Die another day. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, you can't. You know what song you can't do that with? All time high. Like, like <laughs> shut up. Um, all have- the living daylights. <laughs> the, the start of license skill. Yabba, yabba, up, 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 up. <laughs> <laughs> jump up, jump up, Jamaica. <laughs> Underneath the mango tree. Can we actually, seriously, just on that topic, because that guy ranked mango tree, I know in all our future rankings episodes we've talked about ideas, but can we legitimately do the secondary songs? Because oh, I want to rank mango tree. I want to rank surrender. Uh, I want to rank the, if you asked me to. <laughs> the pretender song from Living Daylights. Yeah. Also better than anybody gone. Yeah. Yeah, that would have no, been. I say that would be a better theme song than Living Daylights. No, but, uh, yes. No. But like, come on, we've got to <laughs> rank. Experience kiss, kiss, of love. Bang, bang. Experience <laughs> yeah, of kiss, love. Kiss, bang, bang. I, mean, I guess we technically didn't rank. Um, we have all the time in the world. Like that wasn't ranked, was it? Because we did the theme. I don't so, remember if we did that no, one or we the didn't. Theme. We didn't oh, rank it. Then, so yeah, we have to. Yeah, God, there's there's at least twenty there. Anyway, floor is yours, Colin. Last chance to speak about No Time to Die. This could be a clip that we're going to play in like two months. Like, oh, remember when you said like, I know I said something in one of these episodes, which I have to play if it's shit. But right now, final thoughts, predictions, anything you want to say, because this is the last time you get to speak about it on this podcast, because the next time that any podcast that we're releasing of this one, not our other ones, you and Noah will be coming to talk about spoiler-free episode, which will be cross-platform on the Oz Network download now. So last chance, talk. Uh, you know, we've been waiting on this movie for so long. We we saw the first trailer over two years ago. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like it's the movie that'll never come out. And I think par- part of the problem with that is that a lot of the excitement did diminish. But I think that they've reserved just enough. And and hearing all these behind the scenes stories about the making of the movie and just how much everybody genuinely enjoyed it. You know, and you know at least with Daniel Craig, we, we saw from. Uh, Spectre, you know, when he's not having fun making a movie, he's that's going to be known to the world. Uh, everybody seemed to really enjoy this movie. And I think that the fun is back in the movie from everything I could see. Um, another thing that, that uh, in the podcast they talk a lot about is they ask almost every person they interview, is there one behind the scenes person that you really think deserves more credit? And they all talked about the practical effects guy. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Chris Corbell. 
And that has me even more excited because, you know, even in Quantum of Solace, there was a fair bit of CGI in that movie. Uh, and hmm. I, I love that they are going practical effects that the, the, the Aston Martin is going to be the original Aston Martin, that we're going to have the gadgets and all that. The running time kind of has me scared with this movie, but from everything I've heard, I feel like this is a movie that's just going to breeze by and I'm not going to mind it so much. Um, I'm really hopeful we're not going to get like an end the end where the next time has to be a full reboot. If you want to cast an actor of another race, I don't feel like you have to end this. You can still just pick up. I mean, nobody cared that Roger Moore looked nothing like George Lazenby, that, you know, Pierce Brosnan looked nothing like Timothy Dalton. Uh, the Daniel Craig looked nothing like they did care about that. <laughs> I, I, overall, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this movie. I'm hoping Jamie's going to be able to stay awake during it. I'm sure she will because Daniel Craig's in it. Um, and yeah, bring on Idris Elba after that, maybe. I guess this is my last chance to speak about it too because, I mean, I won't be on the next episode. I don't think we're doing an episode between the spoiler-free and then the spoiler review, so I will maybe we'll talk about that off air. But um as I touched on earlier in this episode, to me, this is the most excited and now the most anticipated movie I think I've had since The Force Awakens or or maybe Fallen Kingdom. And this, I'm saying right now, is the most anticipated Bond movie. And I think it's just that build-up. And I think it's the, the fact that we are finally here now. And for me, it's obviously even more longer now that I have to wait like six more freaking weeks on top of what you and Noah have to wait. So it's seven weeks. It's not even six weeks. It's seven weeks. So <laughs> I loved your 45-day countdown the other day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm up. looking at now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's less than that. But anyway. But so, like, to me, it's just it's that build-up. And this is why I've literally said to Colin and Noah, I don't want anything. I don't want to even hear that it was good or it was bad or the gun barrel. I don't want literally anything. I'm going on a James Bond social media blackout for as long as I can. I did. If you follow our Die Another Day daily account, you're wondering why the hell did you just dump like 48 images in one day? Because I do not want to go onto any Bond social media and I don't trust Colin to do it because he's busy and has kids and shit. So I basically like I'm doing it now. I'm avoiding it. I want to walk into that cinema on November the 11th without any knowledge about it, anything. And I want to be blown away. And maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not blown away. I've never left a Bond movie going, oh, that was bad. That's never. that's important, yeah. Like even, you know, Quantum of Solace, I walked out going, that was pretty good. Skyfall, I famously said about, I look, I just thought about that so much. Like I didn't necessarily love it as a Bond film, but it was still a great movie. We obviously didn't have that with Star Wars, the last two Star <laughs> Wars. that We didn't walk out going, fuck, I hated it, but I think we were just so confused that we could, be watching a bad Star Wars film that we didn't want mm-hmm. to believe it. And I think that was that shock factor. We're like, no, that wasn't yeah. bad. I liked it. I didn't hate it. No, this isn't fair. It's not possible. It's not true. Touch your feelings, Ben. <laughs> um, so I guess with all of that, like, I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm excited. The runtime doesn't bother me at all. I've said that on this show a lot. The runtime of this episode bothers me that we've gone for three hours odd in this fucking episode that was. Well, we had to match No Time to Die's runtime. Well, all our other No Time to Die episodes have gone for like an hour. This has gone for triple that. So sorry, everybody listening. But yeah, I'm with you. I hope it's not like such a conclusion that we have to reboot things. I just leave it on a nice, gentle ending. Leave it on a nice. Exactly. Spectre ending was perfect. Nice, gentle ending. Thanks, Daniel, for your time. Boom, done. Idris Elba will return in Flittermouse. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. And I guess the next time people on this show will hear my voice will be on our 
I guess, spoiler review because I don't think we're doing any other episodes. So why, why would we? Oh, let's just drop Cowboys and Aliens in between our uh, No Time to Die uh, spoiler-free yeah. and spoiler. It doesn't make sense. So um, I won't listen to the next episode, Colin, until after I have seen it. So you and Noah, no pressure. Who's hosting that one? We know I'm going to be hosting. <laughs> We've all had that conversation with Noah at the start of an episode. No, I hosted last time. Which I'm not even, because like, you're going to post that on the Oz Network. I'm not even going to, usually when you do a review and I'm not on, I'm like, oh, what did you, did you rate it? Did you buy it? I don't want to know. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that blank on my table until I get to see it. Because if you, all of a sudden I see two bins, I'm going to like, oh, great. <laughs> well, then I'll probably love it. Um, So, uh, yeah, but anyway. Get pumped up, get excited. So uh, I, I I don't know when Colin and Noah are going to record it. That's up to them. I'm going to say within the next 10 to 14 days, <laughs> potentially it's up there. But And out there, if you're enjoying it, if you're enjoying this podcast, let us know. But don't let us know what you think of No Time to Die until after our spoiler episode. Because <laughs> yes. I'm the one with the email and I don't want to read it. I would Probably say just... he would track you down, but he can't leave the country. That's part of the problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. If I like, I've said, if I could fly to New Zealand, I would go and see it. But they've closed our travel bubble, so and I don't <laughs> have that much money to fly to Canada. And plus, I'd be stuck there for two weeks. Anyway, this has been a very long episode. I need to wrap it up, Colin. Uh, I said I don't thank you. This is a different episode. I'm just going to close it yeah. how I usually do. Everyone, go and enjoy No Time to Die. Thanks, Noah, earlier for being there. My name is Ben. And I can't remember a quote from No Time to Die, so I'm just going to say what I said at the beginning, and fuck you, Australia. Uh, And my name is Colin, and no time for No Time to Die's next episode. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. You were double O. Two years. You get in my way, I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust in this. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, there'll be the death of him. James Bond, licensed to kill the story of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. Name? Bond. James Bond. Duh.